Is there anything more annoying than having a popcorn hole stuck in your teeth? And to fix it, you'd either have to put a really sharp object in your mouth, like the thumbtack sitting in front of me, or I would have to walk all the way upstairs to go get a toothpick or some floss. I know life is hard. First world problems. Another episode of Andy's Things and Stuff coming up here very, very shortly. Podcast is always brought to you by SiouxFallsShooting.com. South Dakota Enhanced Permit class coming up on October 14th. I've got intro to handgun. Just a few spots left for that on October 21st. That's out at Garrison. Uh, the enhanced class is at Canton. And uh, yeah, all that stuff. Save 10% with the discount code PODCAST10 when you check out for a shooting class at SiouxFallsShooting.com. Also, MoSiouxFalls.com brings you the podcast as well. If you need snow removal coming up here or need that last lawn mowing of the year or leaf pickup, a lot of that going to be happening here very, very soon. Already got started on mine a little bit. Did, I think, probably the last lawn mowing of the year. Gosh, it was thick and green. It was so great. Anyway, MoSiouxFalls.com gets you taken care of with your yard. My guest this week is a hoot. He talks fast. He talks loud. He talks way more than me in this one. You are going to love this. He is kind of a wild man, or as he calls himself later on, he's a lost boy. Andy Hansen, everyone. Well, hey, hi, how are you? It's Andy's Things and Stuff, episode 56. Uh, Kyle. 56 of these things. That's kind of a lot. That's that's a lot of a lot of potting. Uh, my guest this week is a guy I haven't seen you in person in probably what five years. Um, it would have been the time I was still working at Gunway yeah. down in down in Harrisburg, and then uh, um, it would have been before I met my well, right around the time I met my wife. She took your intro to women's handgun course yes. and still speaks very highly of it. Oh, good. That's right. I remember I met your wife somewhere. I couldn't remember where. Of course, it was at a class. Um, Andy Hansen, my guest this week. Uh, who are you, Andy? Um, what do you I, do? I like to. I like to think myself as sort of a Renaissance man. Uh huh. You know, uh, a triple threat, uh-huh. if you will. I'm a. I'm a garbage man. Uh huh. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in the South Dakota Army National Guard. Um. I. Uh, I'm an EMT. Um, and most importantly, I'm a father and a husband. Mm-hmm. I think that is, uh, you're an old hand at that being a dad and stuff like that. I'm an, I'm a new dad. It's, it's weird to think that you're, I mean, at first I was like, I'm not, oh wait, yeah, I kind of am an old hand. You're an, you're dad. an old hand yeah. at being a dad and I'm a, I'm a new dad. I'm a two year dad now. And, uh, I tell you what, and like I said, that's my, I think that's my most important thing in my life and it, it's my biggest accomplishment. And even though it's not being being a dad is not an accomplishment. Being a good dad is an accomplishment. Being anybody a, can be being a sperm donor is not. Yeah, an anybody can do that. Yeah. I've seen. I, I I used to work at the prison many many years ago. Yeah, and I've seen plenty of people who had dads and they didn't do that good of a fucking yeah. job. I'll tell you that much right now. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I tell you what, a lot of people can make kids. Uh, it takes a it takes a it takes a hell of a person to be a good dad. And I I, I have a really good dad. I have a really good stepdad, and uh, they 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 did a really good job of. Uh, laying a foundation for me i think and uh i hope to live up to that and especially my grandparents like my grandpa great guy my grandpa layton who's no longer with us my grandpa meredith no longer with us but you know i that's 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 something i like uh somebody asked me to do something like hey you want to go to a gender reveal party do you want to do you want to come to my wife's bridal shower and i think to myself would my grandpa 
go to a bridal shower. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to go to a bridal shower. That's a that's a no. that's a yardstick I measure myself by. Okay. I like think of, but like going back, um, you know, uh, I, you're an, you're an, you're an old hand being a dad. I'm a new dad, and uh, I think I never thought I being a dad was going to be as great as it is. And it's so sappy to say, and people say it all the time, but. You don't know I, until you know. God, I love being a dad. Yeah. I do. I love being a dad. I love coming home and seeing my girls and just playing with them. I, it's, it's, it's the funnest thing in the world. And then, like, I, my daughter was born when I was in Africa. I was deployed to Africa, and she was born while I was over there. And I didn't meet her until she was four months old. And I was like, I come home as this little ball of goo. And I'm like, yeah. oh, God, I don't know anything about bacon. Your first one you were gone for? Yeah. Oh, dude, that's rough. And I didn't. I don't know anything about like being a, a parent. Like I look at my wife. I was like, can we can we feed her that? Is it, what, well, does she mean, have this? The, the thing is though, when they're when they're babies though, it's like just keep them alive. Like that's that's your only job. Yeah, just, but I didn't just know keep them alive. I didn't know what what, what kept them alive. I was <laughs> like, oh, formula. Yeah, I know they have to drink this. Feed them, change yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. If the fever lasts too long, call the doctor. And that's the that's thing pretty is like, much it. And that's the thing is like I learned like it was like okay, yeah, this this is actually pretty simple when you come down to it's like okay make sure they're fed make sure they sleep but it's just like there's sometimes like why isn't she sleeping i don't fucking know either i don't, I don't know <laughs> but you and know sometimes they're not sleeping because they're not sleeping yeah yeah like, there's not there's not a rhyme or reason for it like uh my buddy tyler his daughter was the most colicky baby possibly ever like he didn't sleep for a year after his daughter was born so i we were pretty lucky as far as that goes all our kids started sleeping through the night you know yeah, within five, six months for the most part. I mean, maybe they'd wake up once, you know, something like that. But we never – I mean, I think Jackie, my oldest, was the only one we kind of battled a little bit with, with that stuff. But, no, it's – I mean, it, and being a parent, it's no different than learning to do anything else. You fuck up and you get better, you know, and that's it. You just – You'll, it's learn as you go. There's no manual. Yeah, I, I tell you what. The, whoever invented gripe water is just is up there on What's my list. That? You've never used gripe water. This What's is gripe. This it, is turning probably, in, it may not have existed. This when, is quite the the dad podcast at the moment so well, far. You're but, in a different phase though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like um, there's a lot changes. So if your kids are uh, are gassy or they have a tummy ache and they're little and they're babies, you give it this something called gripe water and it. Pops all those bubbles in their stomach and makes them happy real fast. Oh, we just patted them on the back until they burp. Like they're like really bad or like they got a really bad tummy ache. It works. Tummy ache. Oh, tummy ache. Wait, five. <laughs> but no, yeah, no, it works great. That stuff is that stuff's magic. Gripe water. I've never heard of that. It, um, might, it might be a new thing. I was, you know, I funny thing as I was, I got off work. I met my wife at Fleet Farm, hung out with the girls for a little bit, and I went. Uh, well, I'm gonna go get something to eat, and I um. I swung in over there to Stubby's, and I hadn't been to Stubby's in a while. Stubbs, Stubby's, Stubbs. Stubby's. Where's that Samsonite? one? Samsonite, Swami, Swimmy, Slappy. Swanson. So I was way off. Um, <laughs> speaking of that, you should follow my Snapchat. Great Snapchat story today oh. on, on the old uh, garbage man, garbage man Snapchat. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I swing in that bar, and there sits a guy I, I haven't seen in years. His name's, uh, his name's uh, Doug Doug Hurdy. We called him the Big Hurt. I served with him. He's a great guy uh, from the army and stuff like that. And um, we were talking. He said something about cloth diapers, and I was like, "Cloth diapers." Oh. I used to date a gal. She she said, "Well, I want to do cloth diapers when we if we ever have kids." And my I was she said that for my grandma. My grandma, God bless her heart. My grandma, on my dad's side. She was she was a hell of a woman. I'll tell you what. Like she was a she she raised uh she raised uh what was it, let me think uh four boys, two girls, and she she was a she was a force of nature. I'll tell you what. But um, she looked at my girlfriend at the time, and she went, are you fucking stupid? 
She goes, you were changing a kid in, di- in cloth diapers? She goes, I'll tell you what. I had, I had <laughs> yeah. She goes, I had, I had five babies. And the last one I had disposable diapers on. And she goes, that changed my life. She goes, <laughs> and I and I told my I told my buddy, I was like, I go, you know what? And she, I go, what do you do with those cloth diapers when they're all full of, all full of shit? She goes, well, you rinse them off and thing. You the kitchen the like, kitchen sink. That's what the food disposal is for. I go, it's, I don't have a food disposal. disposal. I go, I go, I'd rather I'd rather gut a deer in my kitchen than do that in my kitchen sink. <laughs> a gut shot deer. Oh, that you've seen baby poop. It's oh, awful. It's it- it can be the you know what's weird is the first time <laughs> the and you got a two year old so maybe it's happened the first time they shit in the diaper and it's like looks like my wife just shit in this diaper what's going on here <laughs> like all of a sudden it's not like baby shit anymore oh yeah it's like adult shit or like it's it just, it looks like something you'd leave in the toilet well, so yeah you know, my my oldest is she's potty trained now well we'll, we'll go with about ninety percent solution on that every once in a while there's an accident yeah but uh, now I mean, I used to I, mean, I used to People used to be scared of me. I used to be a tough guy. Like I, I, mean, I served in Iraq. I served in Afghanistan. I'm not saying like some sort of. I didn't. I wasn't at the Battle of Mogadishu or anything like that. But I didn't do the Mogadishu Mile. <laughs> hey, Gor- hey, buddy. Just you and me. You know, Gordy's gone. I'll be up front. Good luck. You know, <laughs> that was a couple days ago, by the way. But uh, I did see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I wasn't I that guy. Down. But I tell you what, people, people used to be scared of me, and now I, now I'll come wipe my butt. And that's what I do. I, I, I wipe, I wipe, I wipe kids' butts, and uh, you know, stuff like that. And yeah, it's like. I look at little girls and go, you got poop? No. Well, let's just go sit on the toilet just in case. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 Because they have a poop face. Oh, yeah. You can tell when oh, it's happening. My, do- like my, old, my, my oldest daughter is a hell of a farter. So I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll know. You know. You'll know. You'll know. You'll know. It's not a secret. Like, you'll just start. Like, you got poop, don't you? No. I, no. No. Yeah. Yeah, you do. You got to poop. You farted five times in the last 60 seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You, you need you to sound like You sound like me. Yeah. You have to poop. Yeah. I know I have to poop. Uh. The the worst though is uh, if you have the what do they call it a bumpo or the it's like this it's like a training chair where it's just I don't know there's like this thing that comes up the middle yep, and yep. they straddle it and it's basically a shit launching device <laughs> that goes right up their ass crack because it has nowhere else to go like all their weight it's sort oh the bombos bombos see seats, I never yes. had one of those we don't have one of those no but my, neither my, did we but yeah. I, like I've seen like what happens when and I, it happened to Jackie once. I don't think we owned it. I think she was in it, or she was like in the swing or something. But if there's pressure like directly underneath their bottom, like the shit can't just absorb into where it comes out. No, it's going no. up. No, you know, yeah, like we we have the little we did the little potty chair and all that stuff. And yeah, it's we I read you know, I read a lot of parenting books. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not, I'll read a parenting book. I'm not I'm not above it. I don't know if I read you one. I'm not above it. I'll I'll, I'll be like that's my book. I, I guess. wish I could remember the one I did read. It was it was literally written for guys. It was written by like a this woman who's a parenting expert and then a guy who's a comedian. And it was it was pretty good actually because it would it would entertain you while it's conveying information like a dad should know, but not in a boring way like in the books my wife would read that I don't care to read. Yeah. So it's it, you're right. Let me guess. Your wife just reads murder horror. No, 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 she's not. My wife is very atypical when it comes to. She's not into murder porn no, like every other woman. No, she's into like uh, like motivational books, like oh, Navy SEALs and uh, shit like that. Like not into the murder. I'm more into the murder porn <laughs> than she is. Honestly, I used to work at an ethanol plant out by Marion, and this is when I first started dating my my wife, and uh, she started spending the night over and moving in and stuff like that. And I, I'd work overnights. 
or and I'd come home at 6 a.m. and she didn't have to work the next day. And uh, you'd, you'd come in the upstairs bedroom and the TV would be on and it'd be like, and then they found his body dismembered. Mm-hmm. And, and like, she'd, she'd be falling asleep. I'm wondering, like, do you just fall asleep to murder shows? Yeah. And she goes, yeah, I found a peaceful. <sighs> Man, I might need to rethink Dude, this forensic one. forensic files, try it. <sighs> forensic files, old forensic you files. Know I, you know what I fall asleep to? Peter, the sound of name? a fan. Well, that used to work oh. for me, but my brain does too much oh. now. I can't just fall asleep I, to a fan anymore. I tell you what, next Monday, you come with me. You do a garbage man for a day. 340 stops. You'll, you won't have any trouble sleeping, I'll tell you that much. Did, I, driving a school bus, I only have six. Well, you're on just, one route, I have six. The other one, I have two. You drive to school bus, Inc.? Oh, yeah. Oh, you're one of those horrible guys. What are you talking Worst about? Worst drivers in town. Well, some of them, maybe. <laughs> maybe. 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 Some of them. I mean, I... I I <laughs> I won't uh, say what I saw the other day. Uh, one of my coworkers do, but yeah, yeah, no comment. Um, so I work over at Novak Sanitation. Uh huh. Oh, so you drive right by. All, I drive right by. Right, right, yeah. But um, my wife, you know, I how she's uh, she, you know, she falls asleep to murder porn, and um, <laughs> so we all have our little quirks, okay. So, um, well, not so much me. I'm I'm perfect. I'm 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 the, I'm the blueprint. I'm a I'm a movie about Ryan Gosling, starring uh-huh. Ryan Gosling, perfor- uh, produced by me. Um, but uh, she, she, so my my ex, I have a, I have an ex-wife. Oh, you do? I, yeah. So that's a little known fact about me. I'm dropping some knowledge here. I'm, everybody who knows me knows me knows me. I I have an ex-wife. We were married for less than a year when I was in Afghanistan. Oh. She sent me a great email telling me she was leaving me. Um, she's a nice gal. <laughs> But uh, but um, so her and my last serious ex-girlfriend that I had for a long term, both thought the moon landing was fake. Oh, so did you? Do you? What are your thoughts on the moon landing? Uh, no, I think it happened. Good, thank God. Um, so and this, the Earth is round. This, also. this conversation was yes. Listen, listen, it's the trans-dimensional animal-human hybrids sucking humans' blood. You know, it was going to turn into that, but it's not. Good, I'm glad. <laughs> um, but so no. So, last two serious girls I had before I met my wife did not think the moon landing happened. So, these are things I'm thinking, like, I need to start screening these gals, you know, like, I can't. Yeah. Because it's like, it's not something you, you bring up on a first no, date. No, no. You, 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 you know, like, you're, you're a couple years in, she's living in your house, you got a, you got a closet full of women's shoes that are hers and yours. I mean, they, they, they're expensive, you're not going to throw them out. <laughs> but... <laughs> But weren't there signs? No. So so this thing is like, just one day you're sitting there and you're watching a TV show and they're like, oh yeah, moon landing. Don't believe in that. Like, what? What? I don't believe in that as if it were a faith or <laughs> yeah, a religion. Yeah, like I don't believe in the moon. So all landing. of a sudden you're just kind of stop. You turn. You look at them like, oh, Jesus. I might. I just lost a whole bunch of respect for I, you. Just I might now. have. And then you're like, well, shit. She lives here. You know, like <laughs> I was planning on marrying her. Like I guess I could overlook the moon landing thing for as long as we don't bring it up at the family I reunion. I guess. I don't know. That would be <laughs> I, stuff like that. Like when I was dating someone, if they were dumb, I couldn't handle it. I it, they could have been like uh, my best friend growing up. He would date the hottest chicks, and oh. they were dumber than a bag of hammers. You so know, great, just, though, right? Good for him. But I mean, congratulations. But that was his game. Yeah, oh. uh, nothing better than a really dumb hot. But chick. like, I can't, I can't, <laughs> I couldn't do it though. No, no. So, like one girl one time, I said I used the word facetious, which reminds me of a story of you. Um, not the word facetious. Whoops, I dropped something. 
uh, I said the word facetious as in like uh, I was kidding or whatever. And she goes, you were you use such big words. <laughs> she sounds great. And I was like, okay. Did you meet her at Bucks? Uh, no, no. <laughs> um, but no, I uh, was on the air one day when I was still doing radio and I said something. Uh, I used the word prophylactically. The only reason I remember this, I had thought of that conversation and just like a few days before I thought, oh, I should have Andy on the podcast. He'd be awesome. And uh, you sent me a message going, I don't think you're using that word correctly. Do you remember that? <laughs> I do remember that. Now. <laughs> I said a lot. I say, I, I, I don't know if you know this, but I the, say a lot. Of, thing, I say, a, I say a lot of shit. And I, I, and I, I sent, I have actually gotten banned on Kelland's Facebook page before. And I've had Greg Belfridge hang up on me repeatedly. So, <laughs> and I listen to his show every morning. He's hung up on me repeatedly. Um, but the, but like what was funny to me about the whole thing was I was talking about like I would I change something or fix something prophylactically like prevention preventative maintenance or whatever and and you texted in or messaged in to the station something about you're putting a condom on it or so I don't remember exactly what you said <laughs> but you were referring to that and I was like oh shit does that only mean contraception or does that also mean what I thought it meant when I said it on the radio. Shit. Because you know, every once in a while, when you're doing live radio, you say dumb shit. The same thing can happen doing a podcast, because I'm not going to edit it out if I say something stupid. But No, I could see that, because like uh, you know, I, I swing above my weight class all the time, and <laughs> I'll say things like, yeah, I know that, and then I'll turn around like, man, I didn't know that at all. Like, I'll shoot I'll shoot my shot. I mean, tell I got my wife. I'll shoot my shot. Like, oh, yeah, there you go. You There's know? times where I've gotten lucky, and I was correct. Yeah, right. I mean, you, you, know? you don't ever know if you don't try. But- no. Back to back to the moon landing. Yes, moon landing. Back to the moon landing. Yes. So, <laughs> so back to the moon landing. So I, I, I I'm, the year was 1970. Yeah, Buzz Aldrin was there. I punched him in the face. Was it 69 or 70? I think it was 69. Uh, was Kennedy still? Kennedy was dead. I think. Oh, he was long dead. Oh gosh, you should be wearing should be wearing a bulletproof hat. Rest in peace, Chan- Kennedy. Well, I've watched a documentary on uh, Amazon Prime or Netflix or both one time uh, that thought it was a uh Kennedy was actually accidentally killed by a secret service agent with an AR15 cuz they had just gotten him. Ooh, I don't think so. Yeah, no, I don't know. Hard 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 pass. It was sure it was an interesting documentary though. Uh but no, so so moon landing. Moon landing, moon landing. My wife um I I I take my wife out our first like real date and I take her to you know the place is important. I'm getting wrapped around the axle on that. We take her to a place downtown, nice restaurant in the back. We're sitting there, at a little little private table, and uh, you know we're sitting there in the back, and uh, you know small two person table. We're enjoying ourselves. She looked beautiful. She was wearing a striped dress. I still remember it. And uh, I, I, you know, it's really quiet and it's intimate moment. I lean forward to her and I go, "Hey," she goes, "Yeah." I go, "What are your thoughts on the moon landing?" And <laughs> I I could have told her I hit a homeless man on the way there and killed him, <laughs> and I thought that was cool. She would have given me the same face. Like it was like she she leaned back in her chair and she went, "Oh man," she you saw in her face. She's like, "Oh no, it's one of them." <laughs> oh, she thought you were. Yeah, she thought I thought oh. the moon landing was fake. So so now I I I look like an asshole and a psychopath because I have attracted women who think the moon landing yeah. is fake, and now I have to screen women. Yeah. asking them if they think the moon landing is fake. So, were, was that reaction of hers a relief to you? <laughs> yes, I had to explain the whole thing yeah. to her yeah. because she just she just leaned back and, oh no, he's crazy too. 
I knew it was something. Well, I mean, but at least after that, you're like, okay, thank God she's a keeper. Like, I mean, was that like the last check mark? Well, that was our first date. Oh, first date. Oh, yeah, okay. I, 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 resi- I missed the first date part. Sorry. No, no. So I, I resounded myself to like, hey, I'm not. I'm not getting far in on these anymore. I'm in a first date. I'm in this. a first date. What are your thoughts on the moon landing? Moon landing, um, interdimensional, child molesting vampires, <laughs> um, um, uh, Epstein's Island. Epstein's Island hadn't even happened yet. Um, Bohemian Grove. No, just just the moon landing. I just hit her up on the moon landing. <laughs> I, I don't get really deep into all my conspiracy theories with my wife. I don't think she wants to hear them. Like, she'll... She'll come in on Sunday morning. I'm making pancakes, and I'll be listening to some sort of weird podcast. And like, you're listening to that again? Like, oh, I don't judge you when you're listening. Yeah. To- when you're watching murder porn. Yeah, and I come in here and you're washing dishes, and you're like, and then they found his torso and what? It's like, yeah, okay, great. This is nice. I'm telling you, dude. Forensic files or forensic files, and the the narrator's name is Peter Thomas. He's got the most buttery pipes. It's just it's can like we, can we can we? It's like a lullaby. Can we uh, can we sink out? Buttery pipes and make them a ringtone from now on. <laughs> buttery pipes. It's my, um, my was my nickname in high school. I don't know if you know this. Buttery pipes was your nickname in high school. No, that's just something oh. I say all the time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like I said that to my wife one time. We were getting washing dishes, and she had like this little Klaus will funnel. I go, "What's this?" She goes, "Little funnel." I go, "It's my nickname in high school." <laughs> just like I like to tell people I was a hand model. <laughs> I guess people all the time too. I go, people like, so what you used to do for a living? I used to be a model. <laughs> Really? Hand model. Hand model. And you just hold your hand up really really slowly, and you just look them in the eye like this. So I, this is exactly what, like, I can't believe I didn't think to ask you to be on a long time ago, because um, when you were working at Gunway, uh, RAP, the little gun shop that was just outside Harrisburg on Minnesota Avenue, um, you would get on and do these videos promoting what you had in the store. And what did you call? Didn't they have a name? The videos, didn't you call them something? I can't remember. I think you did. I got sponsored by Rip It by doing those videos. Did you really? Yeah, they sent me a bunch of free stuff. Because he would pop a Rip It, and then you would pound about half of it. I'd slam the whole thing. you slam the whole thing. 160 milligrams of caffeine, which, I mean, really isn't that much anymore. I mean, I can buy a... I could buy a bang. It's three hundred in it. You know? So like then it was like, oh, rabbit. And I I still drink. I still drink a lot of caffeine. But like, when do you have to cut off the caffeine though? Oh gosh, I had. I had a like, monster. Are you on caffeine right now? Yeah. Oh okay. I, well, I've been up since four a.m. And I and I worked I worked eleven hours a day being a garbage man, and I had a I had a monster at five o'clock. But I'll go home and I'll I'll fall asleep. I'll be all right. Like you. It's such a part of your chemical makeup of your body now. It's, so, it's, like, you have more trouble sleeping without it. No, so like, you know, Jer- you and Jeremy Williams, you guys talked about, uh, you know, war stories and stuff like that. But like, when you, when you guys kind of glazed over a lot, like, there's a lot of stuff that he kind of glanced over in that. And like, not saying a bad thing, but like, we'd buy these, uh, we'd buy these energy drinks off the uh, locals, and they're called Wild Tigers, and they were, <laughs> they were great, and. uh the word was they had nicotine in them too. Oh, jeez! And then before that, like you couldn't like so monster was just becoming a thing. Like this is oh four oh five Iraq. Okay. So monsters just becoming a thing. You can get like Red Bulls. You can get monsters. And then they had a thing called a I think it was called the Class Eight Yard. I can't remember the classes supply. It's really army minutia stuff that's very boring. But um, uh, they would. But give, it's stuff I've never heard. So yeah, it's not that yeah, boring. Yeah, no, it's it's so but. Yeah, they they classify different levels of supply of different things like barrier materials and uh, like cla- everybody knows class six because that's where they sell booze. 
Uh, oh. That's on you go on a military post. Where's the class six? That's where they're selling the booze at. Um, but you go there and um, you would go to this yard and they give you like uh, you can get Gatorades and you can get these little Jimmy Dean meals, which were better than MREs. And then you can get 180s and the 180s were like little energy drinks. You drink those. And but then we were living up, uh, we were living up near Anajef, and uh, we were up at this fire base in Anajef for the Battle of Najaf and everything like that. It was really that was kind of a crazy time. We were at this ammo site, and we were buying these energy drinks off the locals by the case, and they were wild tigers. And man, wow, those were great. I, you can get them on Amazon for forty four dollars for a case. I found them last night. I already looked last night. I, isn't that crazy? Like I just ran through my brain. I wonder if they were real ones though. Uh, Wild Tiger has. What did it look like that? Yeah, it looked like that, but I don't know if they're the real ones. Because like, <laughs> I mean, like I'm buying, I'm buying energy drinks in Iraq in 04. Like I don't right. know, if, like maybe somebody just bought the name Wild Tiger, or maybe you weren't getting the real thing then. Oh, who knows, man? Right? You could buy, you could buy a carton of smokes for five bucks. A buddy of mine would, he'd buy uh, these uh, Miami's carton of cigarettes for five dollars. Really? Because even back then, a pack would have been like two fifty, like yeah. normally, like in a gas station. Dude, I was fifty-three bucks. I was like on the I was on the Euphrates River one day. We were driving. I think we were coming home. Uh, not coming home. Like I can't drive from Iraq, but <laughs> wish I could. That would have been great. I would have. No, actually, I wouldn't have. <laughs> it was a crazy time. I really loved being over there when I was there when I was a kid. It was good times. But uh, I know we were driving, and then we stopped on this bridge near the Euphrates River, and this this guy comes up. He's like, I'm in this hammock driving. I think it was Steve O'Leary. And I think he's a nurse now or something like that. Well, whatever. But um, we're in this Humvee, this, this Hemet, and I'm driving. And this guy comes in and goes, hey, my friend, uh, you know, this, this is an offensive, I don't know if, you, if you're upset about this, but this is an offensive uh, uh, reenactment of what I think a Middle Eastern man sounds like in my brain. But he goes, uh, hey, my friend, uh, for you, uh, you want, uh, you want, what do you do? He's like trying to sell me stuff. And I'm like, hi, buddy, I'm good, I'm good. He goes, uh, he looks around, he goes, you want that sheesh? And I go, what? <laughs> he pulled, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not lying. He pulled out a brick of hash. Oh, jeez! Like full of brick. He's like, you want that sheesh? Like enough like, to send you to Leavenworth. Oh, God, I was like, you need to get out of here. <laughs> he like look. He like he like he had like a little vest on too. Like he pulled out this little vest. Like hey, like 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 a cartoon. Like he's like, where were you hiding that? Like you want that sheesh, my friend? Like, oh. <laughs> So you could stop. So we lived uh, for a while there. We lived in a place called Cedar 2 before we went north and started doing all these like ammo mi- site missions and stuff. And uh, we would, when we lived in Cedar 2, we'd do convoy security. We'd run all the way down to Safwan, which is uh, on the border of Iraq and Kuwait. We'd run down there every day and we'd run back. And we'd do convoy security and we'd check the route and all that stuff. And I gunned on a. I was a 50, I was a, well, I was a, started off as a saw gunner and then I turned into a 50 cal gun and we finally got 50 cals. I, I, my 50 cal. Funny story. I know your dad was in World War II. No, no, Vietnam. Vietnam. Sorry, Grandpa was in World War. Grandpa II. was in World War II. My, my, there were they told us our fifty cals that we all got were out of flying fortresses. Oh yeah, because they were so old. Mine actually had a wooden handle, and it said, uh, "Made by the G Corp." Headlamp division, Frigidaire, yeah, on the side. And I was like, "That's just pretty freaking that's, cool." That's cool as hell. It yeah. was pretty cool. But um, um, we run World down- War Two. For those who don't understand, that's a World War Two gun for sure. Because companies that were making light bulbs and stuff, they may have still been making light bulbs, but now they were for gauges and airplanes, or or they would like International Harvester at one time was making. That wasn't during World War Two though. I think that was Korean War. But like International Harvester was making M1 rifles at one time. Um, 
there's all kinds of crazy shit though. Like Ford basically was making airplanes. Yeah, like I, they shut down the Ford plant and made airplanes. I have a I have an uh, iron iron R iron R uh, uh, M1 Grand. I have one. It's a implement company, and that was in Korea. Yeah. And that, I have one. Oh, of it was. Oh, I haven't heard of that one. Yep, yep. They made a lot of them. They're not. They're not the really sought after ones. No, but no. it's nice, and it's an. It's like you look at people. It's like, well, do you have an M1 Grand? Well, no. Well, I do. So I still don't. Exactly. There you go. You know, like oh, <laughs> thanks for the. I, before you get back to whatever wherever we started, like you and I are going to be terrible for tangents tonight. I'm just going to say, you were okay. The hashish guy. Oh, hashish guy. Remember? No, you start. It was yeah, yeah. It was hashish guy. Something else, and then fifty cal. Let me finish this thought. Okay, go ahead. And then we'll go back to whatever you were on before fifty cal. Um, I want to get an M1 so bad. At this point, I don't even care if it's a complete rifle. Even if it's just a receiver, I want one that my grandpa could have carried, like serial number that was that predates him landing in Belgium in nineteen, like January of forty-five. So something made like a couple months before that in forty-four. Get that serial number, whatever. I, I'm sure it's not the right. I mean, there was only like five million of them made or whatever. But anyway, okay. Before the fifty cal. So you know, we we we'd, we'd run down to we'd run down to uh. We call it Navstar. It's a big called the Big Pines Truck Stop, I and mean, we—that's what we called it. And it was on the border of Iraq and Kuwait. And we'd run down there. We'd, we'd take either we'd, we'd take a, a convoy of trucks down there, and then we'd pick up a convoy of trucks and bring it back. And that's what we did. We did that for like six months. Boring. I guess it's boring. <laughs> boring. Boring. Is it? Okay. Well, yeah. That's, I guess it's, it's a, exactly <laughs> what I was gonna say. Boring meaning you're not getting shot at. I guess you know, like only well, we every once in a while, but like in your in your scope of brain power, you know, <laughs> I'm on a 50 cal machine gun on a turtleback Humvee in the middle of a war zone. Yawn. Boring. Yawn. <laughs> I can't wait to get back to my tent and look at pornography. <laughs> this sucks. I'm so bored. <laughs> I'm in the cradle of civilization in the middle of a war zone. Yawn. <laughs> but, but I can't wait till we get back and play Xbox. <laughs> but when you're there day to day, though, like it's I, just a job. I get that. Yeah, at some point, it's just your job. You know, like any other job, it's as boring as running a gas station or whatever. Yeah, no, I think about it like when I'm. You know, was, I, at the time I was 20, I think just turned 20. Were you regular army or were you army guard? I was army guard with Jeremy Williams. We're oh, the same you were in the we're, same unit. We we're the same unit. We we did cower guard together. Oh. Yeah, we're in the same platoon and everything. I have a picture of him on my wall in my house. Oh Jesus! Not I didn't just know that. him. Like I just don't have a picture. Of him <laughs> on my wall. Just like I look at it every day. Yeah. This one's for you, bud. Just kind of kiss my fingers, like yeah. like Sammy Sosa. No, Hanson's actually got a shrine to Jeremy. In, I do in his house. It's beautiful. Yes, it's beautiful. But um, it's a plunger actually. <laughs> <laughs> I run into him all the time, like four or five times a year at, at the libraries because I do I service a couple of garbages at libraries. Yeah. I'll run into him, sir. Could you move your truck? It's in the way of the cans, please. <laughs> um, but no, so like you drive down there and like you said, yo, oh, this is so boring. I'm so tired of being on this. Fully automatic machine gun in a war zone. Yeah. Oh, yawn. But we'd run down there every day. You know, not every day, but we'd come every once in a while. Like, I think every 11, 12 days we'd get a day off, and we'd do field maintenance on the Humvees and stuff like that. And then you'd have to do your fob tax, where you do tower guard and stuff like that. I was like, this really sucks. I don't want to do tower guard. But, you know, everybody had fob tax. And What's that, that? So, like, if you live on a fob and you live fob. somewhere oh, for a, for, for every base. base or something like that, you have to pay a tax. So everybody, like, you have these little jobs where, like, it's to keep the place running. All right? Oh, like, like it's your fob tax. So our fob tax, since we are a combat arms unit, you're doing, com- you're doing tower guard. 
It's not like we we're gonna go pick up the trash or something. You know, like they had they paid guys for that. And like they probably made more than us. But <laughs> uh, we were we were so pissed off when we found out the guys who cleaned the porta potties made us more than us. Like they had a guy that follow around all the Iraqis that cleaned the porta potties and stuff like that, or the third country nationals like the the Nepalese. We found out that guy made like a hundred thousand dollars a year, and we we're like, "Jeez!" It's like, wait, wait, hold on. He's getting like a hundred grand a year, and I, I'm making like thirty six thousand, and I'm getting shot at. Well, that's pretty righteous bucks, though. Thirty six grand, though, right? That's that's government spending at its finest. I tell you what, though, when you're like when you're like twenty and you're like getting thirty six k tax free, you dude, are, I came back. Oh, I, that's tax free. Yeah, I was like Daddy Warbucks. It was like. <laughs> What are you gonna do with all your money? <laughs> well, in in the two thousands, when you're twenty years old, making thirty six grand a year, yeah, you were fucking loaded. Yeah, I, we, guys came back and they bought stupid stuff. I, I bought a Ford Ranger. I don't think I was stupid, but it was cool no, car. no. Was... But okay, back. I I, I I digress. So we drive down there every every day, and then every once in a while we get we'd have to do a mail run, and we're like you go get the mail. Well, there wasn't a post office on Cedar too. There was a post office over in Talil Air Force Base, which is just down the road across this marshy area which you actually drive by the Temple of Ur, where Abraham is buried. Oh, wow. Like, you know, when I'm saying cradle civilization. It's literally the cradle, cradle civilization. civilization. It's like, oh, this is so boring. <laughs> I can't believe that's where Abraham's buried. This is lame. But no. So you drive there, and you're like, oh, man. That's, that's another thing. Like, you're, you're, such a, you're such a dweeb, and you're 20 years old, and you're like, you're excited. Like, oh, we're going to we're gonna go to, we're gonna go to Talil. They have, a, they have a Burger King there. We not, never mind the giant artifact from when before Christ was born. Yeah, we driving uh, yeah. by, um, but you no, know, like so you drive there. On the way there, this is I'm taking the long way to this to where I'm going. On the way there, on the side of the road, there's guys just selling everything, and I mean everything: bottles of hooch, cases of beer, old Iraqi uniforms, and just anything. Old Iraqi stacks of cash with Saddam Hussein on them, all that stuff. So every once in a while, you know, somebody would. Find a bottle of booze. We find mm-hmm. a bottle of whiskey. I might have known a guy who got this, or I heard from a guy that got this bottle of Iranian. It was <laughs> black man whiskey, is what the label said. Really, it was Iranian whiskey, and uh, wow, <laughs> you're at Iranian whiskey. <laughs> no, you know when you open up a bottle and you break the threads because it's tamper proof. Yeah, that doesn't have it. <laughs> They don't have the same... Uh, Not the same level of product safety? I don't think the product Iran. safety in Iran in 04, <laughs> even if that's where it came from. It could have been pissed for all. You know, I don't I got, got drunk on it. I'm not going to lie to you. But no, yeah. like So yeah, you could you could drive by there and you could get all that stuff. And we, we guys would get like uniforms. We weren't supposed to. I mean, we'd be in trouble for it. But like, I, mean, I think the statute of limitations run out. I mean, all the guys were in command. I mean, the guy who was in command of us, I mean, he just he was just the general. So I mean... <laughs> It's not like he didn't know. I mean, they all, they all knew. But, I mean, there's certain things that are worth making us think about and things that are not worth making us think about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nobody's, nobody, nobody, I mean, like I said, this is 04. This is almost 20 years ago. Right. I'm not, like, spilling state secrets here. Right. You know, you know uh, but, no, yeah. We, so, we do that, and then, you know, we'd we'd run up, and then a couple months later, somebody comes to our tent, pack your stuff. What? I just got everything laid out. It's been five, six months, but I've just got everything laid out. <laughs> I finally got it. Oh, I, I just got this circus tent where I live with eight other men the way I like it. Um, and bunk beds. Because uh, I'm an adult. <laughs> but um, so so we uh packed our stuff and we head north and we oh, that's when we did all the uh we we'd do uh com- we would do we'd roll into ammo sites. We'd see, we'd 
I don't know where they got the lists or anything. Like, I don't know where they got the coordinates of these ammo sites, but like we'd go to these ammo sites, we'd roll in, we'd do a quick court on security, we'd we'd raid the place, do security on that, and then we'd secure everything. And I'm saying secure a lot, but um, we would uh, we make sure everything was clear, and then we'd you know set up a perimeter, and then Blackwater would come in and work with us, and they'd blow everything up. So we worked with Blackwater for like eight nine months doing that. Blackwater is a contractor. Blackwater is a triple tier, a triple canopy. PMC, which means they are a private military contractor. And if uh, you have any history buffs listening to this, they're the ones that got killed on the bridge in Iraq and their bodies were hung because they were they were running pretty ha- ham over in Iraq. Uh-huh. But um, Blackwater was like the creme to the creme of PMCs, private military contractors at the time. Now I think it's called like the unit or some, not the unit, that was a TV show, but <laughs> it's something different. But like they're like they're like the they're like the bad guys in movie. Whenever you see a movie, they're right. the, the, but these well, aren't bad guys. Well, these are like. Did you ever see? Uh, 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 I'm actually rewatching it again. Jericho. Did you ever see that series? It was on for like a season and six episodes. No. Um, there's a private military contractor group of guys called Ravenwood, and they're all wearing black, riding around in Humvees, and it's kind of like that, yeah. And it, yeah, it sounds like it was. It seems like it was inspired, and this came out after that, so it's. Probably inspired by, but most of them were just like chubby guys that used to be in the seals and stuff, and they're like yeah. they're like fifty now, and they're like oh, I just want to make some money. Yeah. Like they're not like, you know, people like they paint them in a bad light, like oh they're private military contractors. Well, you know what? They're not. They, they wouldn't be there if nobody hired them. Like our government's uh, the one hiring them. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like no. I mean, it's I the I don't know what the it's it's strange how the military was so like I mean we're talking about going way back. Like they literally made their own guns, yeah, for s- over a century, like a long time. Like the the uh, uh, what do they call it? The armory system is that what it was called? Yeah, the the armories. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, they literally would make their own guns. They designed them. They made them. Whatever. That's why there's a place that's still used by the military called the Redfield Armory. Oh, uh, Red Redstone Armory. Yeah, and well, Springfield Armory was Springfield like Armory, the, Redstone probably Armory. the most famous of those. But then they figured out. Well, there's private companies that can make this stuff and come up with this stuff, and we don't have to spend all the time, like, trying to figure it out. We'll just, like, buy it. And on some level, that's more efficient, probably. But then, it, now it seems like it's gone too far. Well, you you back to, to the guy following around the people cleaning the port shitter, though. You right. Think, think about, that's a force multiplier. That's what they call it. That's a force multiplier. You think about it. <laughs> no, that's, and it is. It is as silly as it sounds, as crazy as it sounds. Okay, you pay some guy $100,000 to follow these guys around, service all the equipment, and follow these guys around and clean a Porsche. Okay, so that's one guy, all right? For that one guy, how many soldiers would we have to task out to do that one job? Those are guys out of the fight. Several, yeah. Yeah, and then, okay, those guys are out of the fight. For every soldier that's actually fighting, I think they say there's like four or five support staff soldiers that support him. Yeah. So you're thinking about all these people that they're actually, and then, okay, then I got to pay... I guess health insurance. Well, private private military contractors and those private civilian contractors usually don't get health insurance. That's their own problem. They're contractors. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like he stubs his toe or breaks his leg, he isn't getting service connected to the VA for cleaning porta shitters. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, well, I mean, I understand it. It's just still kind of silly when you say it out yeah. loud. <laughs> well, no, I, Dad even told me about how uh, there was a, a guy who basically did all that shit, a Vietnamese guy who rode around. He drove the garbage truck, and then, like, they had to take turns riding along with him to, like, haul garbage. Like, that was what they were doing. And that guy was – and I I can't remember if he said – if he knew what 
that guy was getting paid or whatever, but he was getting paid by the Marine Corps to help them service the garbages or whatever around July. But um, so you're 20 years old. How I love asking this question because everybody's answer is sort of similar but completely different. How did you wind up in the Army Guard? Oh, this is a this is a good story. <laughs> was it an accident? No, no, it oh, wasn't okay. an accident. So. Um, I was I was quite the fat person back in the day. I was very fat, and I will say that. I'll show you some pictures if you want. I weighed 300 pounds. What? Out of high school, I weighed... Oh, I remember you telling me this yep. once upon a time. Out of high school, I weighed 300 pounds. All right, so I... Um, I, uh, I was what, 6'1"? Oh, God, I wish. I'm just barely six foot. Okay. I'm 6'1", cowboy boots. I maybe. used to be almost... I wear these things. I used to be almost 6'1", and now I'm like right at 6'1". So now I weigh like 202 pounds. That's what I wear right now. But, um, and that's uh, probably a little heavier than I want to be, but like, it's not bad, I guess, for a 40 year old dad. You know Compared what I mean? to 300, it's not bad. <laughs> no, no, no. So, um, but, uh, you know, I, I weighed, I weighed 300 pounds coming out of high school, and I always kind of wanted to do something in law enforcement or something like that. And, and I, I was, I was kind of screwing around. I went to the Air Guard one day, and I talked to a recruiter at the Air Guard, and they were like, well, let's hop you up on a scale. And I hopped up on the scale, and I think at that time I weighed 289 pounds. And I was like, jeez. I was always a bigger kid, you know. And in high school, I I think the last time I weighed myself, because it was fresh out of high, like a year out of high school, and I'd been doing a lot of drinking, a lot of staying up late partying. And I know he wasn't even 21, but, yeah, but everybody does it, all right? Well, yeah, so right. did I. I was, we, we used to have this house across the street from where Pita Pit is now on on uh, Minnesota. Yeah. There used to be two houses there where, like, the auto zone is now. Yeah. Yeah, my sister used to rent one out, and we just partied our asses off in that house. And we'd go to that Taco <laughs> Bell that's now a pita pit. Oh, Ch- yeah. Taco a pita. We just, it would, it would just, it, it spiraled. It spiraled really bad. And then I love Surge and Honey Buns. I love sweets, but so I have to limit myself now. But, um, no, I, 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 I finally, I was like, I think I hit, like, 302 at my weight, at my heaviest. And she's like, you got to lose, like, I think I had to lose, like, yeah, I had to get down, like, 180. You know, somewhere around like 183, 186. That was the weight you had to hit? Yeah, to join. She's like, you got to get down to this. I was like, Phew. and I never, like, you know, it's crazy to think it was like, I was like, I never realized I got that fat. You know, I was, like I said, I was always bigger in high school. I think I, in high school I weighed like 100 and 180 pounds. So I was like, Phew. somewhere along the line, I put on another 100 pounds. Oh, wow. Oh, so you graduated high school at 180? Around there. Okay. But like, yeah, and then I just, it just spiraled, man. I got really fat really fast. And um, wow, you did like nothing, like uh, exercise wise. Like you no, did nothing, nothing. No, literally nothing. I didn't. I, I didn't exercise at all. So that night, I went home and I was like, I'm gonna lose this weight. So my mom still, she lives north of Parker, and uh, she lives out on a gravel road. And I knew from stop sign to stop sign, so mile. So I was like, I'm gonna run down the next stop sign. I'm gonna run back. I go. It doesn't matter how many times I stop, but I'm not gonna. I'm gonna run down there. I'm gonna run back. I'm gonna do it every night. And I'm gonna change the way. I eat. And I started doing that, and the first time I did it, I stopped like every 100 feet. Just <sighs> <laughs> Two but, miles is pretty ambitious when you ate three bills. Yeah, but then, you know, then you know the weight started coming off, and people are like, well, how'd you lose the weight? You know, diet and exercise like yeah. you're supposed to. You know, there's I not a magic. less, I exercise more. Yeah, you know, calories in, calories out. Um, one day I'm out with my dad. We're out pheasant hunting out by Lake Vermillion, and uh, he knew I was planning on joining the Air Guard, and he's like, well, why don't you? So my dad uh, worked at John Morales for 15 years, and uh, – he used to work with a guy named Johnny Mallinger. And Johnny Mallinger, if I know somebody listening to this podcast knows Johnny Mallinger. Johnny Mallinger now sells hor- house, horses. Yes, he sells horses. He's an equine. Equine salesman. He's an equine salesman. 
No, Johnny Mellinger sells houses. He's a he's a realtor now, and he's a great guy. He's probably one of the he's such a great guy. And I have nothing. I bet you anybody who John was Johnny one of Johnny Mellinger's recruits has nothing bad to say about that man. He's a great man, and um, he's like, why don't you call Johnny Mellinger? Um, see what the Army Guard has to offer because he knew Johnny for so long. And oh, so he was a recruiter for the Army Guard. He was, but he worked for my dad. My dad at John Morell's for a long time oh, too, okay. though. So so did his brother Tony, and. Uh, he goes, why don't you just go talk to Johnny and uh, see what they have to say. He goes, don't limit your options. Like, okay. So I go and I meet with Johnny Mallinger, who was a recruiter at the time. And uh, he actually retired as like the, one of the head recruiters, like a sergeant major. And um, he, I sit down with Johnny Mallinger and he's like, well, yeah, you know, we're talking. We go, what do you want to do? Go to college? Like, I don't know if I want to go to college yet or anything like that. I just wasn't really having any plans for it. And he goes, well, he goes, uh, you got to lose some weight. I go, yeah, I got to lose some weight. I know that. I go, but I was planning to join the Air Guard. He goes, Phew. Air Guard? You want to join the Air Guard? <laughs> he said some things to me, and I'm not going to repeat them on this podcast. No, go ahead. No, I, I can't. You'll, oh. get, you'll get canceled. Oh, This whole thing will get canceled. This house will get repossessed. Um, I, don't, I don't know how because I, the, 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 I, anyway. But uh, he's, a, you know, we, we always, you know, we go back and forth about the Army Guard and the Air Guard. Like, the Army Guard is like, oh, we're a bunch of knuckle draggers, and we sleep on the field, we don't get paid there. You know, it's, we make fun of the Air Guard, like, they're soft and stuff like that. So, you know. And he goes, you don't want to join the Air Guard. He goes, um, he goes, uh, he can tell you what. He goes, you come over here, you lose the weight. I'll put you in the Army Guard. He goes, you'll join B Battery 147, my old unit. I'll put you in there. You'll join the artillery. You'll shoot big guns. And these are the three promises Johnny Mallinger made to me. He goes, you're gonna, you're gonna blow stuff up. You're gonna meet girls. And you're gonna drink a lot of beer. <laughs> <laughs> tell you what, man. That's music. You want to, you want to sell something to. You want to sell something to a 19-year-old, almost 20-year-old guy? You tell him that. I tell you what, that got me in the guard right then and now. Where do I sign? You tell me I'm going to meet girls, I'm going to blow stuff up, and I'm going to drink beer? Those are my favorite things, man. The uh, it's My uh, my mom told me, I did not ever know this uh, uh, when he was still alive. Dad never told me, but he, once upon a time, mom had said, well, what do you think about the boys joining the military of some kind? And dad was just like... No, I, I, I don't think it's for them. <laughs> that was I, I, t- I tell you, I tell you, what, like Johnny, and he was right. Like I was not like in hindsight, I kind of I wish I had. But at the time, no, it, it was not right for me. I, I'm looking back at me before I joined the military and I'm not like some sort of steely eyed killer or anything like that. But looking back at me before I joined the military, I bet my parents thought the same thing. Like you want Andy to join the military. Have you seen this kid? He's a fat tub of goo. I doubt my mom said that. My mom's, you know, she's my mom. But like, he's oh, he's a such sweet a sweet boy. boy. He's the most handsome boy I've ever seen. <laughs> but um, no, like um, I tell you what, you, I, I tell, I tell everybody this about joining the military. I went to basic training at uh, Delta Two Four Six Infantry in Fort Knox, Kentucky, which doesn't do basic training anymore. All male basic training seems like an awful place to do basic training if oh, it's anywhere near summer. Man, it, I went there in the winter. I went there in February. Oh, but I tell you what, and there were a lot of mean men there. And um, I I I'm a I'm an A class bullshitter, and I and I very rarely <laughs> think I can't get myself out of something, or I can't get myself like I can handle this. I can because I'll bullshit myself. Like yeah, I got this. I got this figured out. <laughs> Put an engine in a car. Yeah, I've done that once. I can probably do it again, right? Like, so I get there, and um, you know, after I after I lost all the weight, Johnny got me in the guard, and I and I swore in, and I did a refer I called the deferred enlistment. So I went and drilled at B Battery in Salem for like almost a year. And then I went to, I shipped out to basic training because they gave me an off-peak bonus. They gave me an extra two grand. 
I was at, sorry, I'm going on a tangent again here, but I was at drill last month and there was a specialist, his name's Cole. And we were talking about like, cause I want him to reenlist. And I'm talking like, Hey buddy, why don't you reenlist? He's like, well, he goes, what do I get? Well, I go, there's like a $20,000 reenlistment bonus now. He's like, he's <laughs> like, he kind of laugh. He laughs it. He laughed at 20 grand. And I'm like, 20 grand. Hey, I go, when I got, I got in, they gave me $8,000. And he goes, are you, were you okay? Like I was in danger. <laughs> he was serious. He's like, were you okay? Were you okay? Like, were you, did you have a home? Like, yeah, man, it was, it was 2000. Like it was 2000, like it was right after 9-11, but yeah. it was like, so everybody wanted to join then, but like. So you did join like right after 9-11? Me and my sister both joined uh, shortly after 9-11. Okay. Yeah. My, me and my sister, I'm sorry, poor grammar, my sister and I, and uh, my cousin, I have eight family members that have been or currently in the South Carolina National Guard. That was the closest I ever came to yeah, a lot joining of people, a lot of people, well, yeah. after 9-11. Yep. I, I, I strongly I was, considered it. I was already... No, I, I was already like losing the weight to join, and then yeah, I joined after nine eleven, which a lot of guys did. I mean, you go oh, yeah. you, you go to you go to the military now. A lot of those guys who were got in at nine eleven, they're the ones retiring. There was a big bump, and now there's going to be a gap because all those guys are leaving. Yeah, and then we have a lot of institutional knowledge and stuff, and we're all leaving. And it's like, man, I hope everything that, works out. That phrase you just used, institutional knowledge, that was something Dad talks about with the Air Guard and kind of like the difference between the Air Guard and the Air Force was they had all these guys that would be there for – it's less that way now than it used to be, but there would be guys who – they didn't really need to have their tech order with them out working on a jet. They just knew what they were doing. Like, yeah. they just knew it inside and out because they've been doing it for 15 years on the same jet, you know. But, yeah, it's when you got people that are – versus the Air Force where it's just like, here's the, the 10 numbnuts who signed up. And showed up, yeah. and it's like, okay, these are the guys we got to deal with instead of the ones who were actually hired. Yeah, you know. So, so yeah, I I, I ship off to I ship off to basic training, uh, Delta two four six infantry. I went there with Joey Larson. Uh, shout out to Joey Larson. Joey, um, Joey took a separate path in life. He is a architect for the State Department. He's way smarter than I. Oh wow. Yeah, he's a great guy. He's a great guy though. Um, his brother used to be in the guard. Uh, his sister's in the guard. There's another guard family. You know, that's how it is. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, we shipped off there together. Didn't wasn't planned or anything like that. I wasn't like, oh, Joey's my best friend from high school. Like I never met the guy before he left. Um, but um, shipped off base training together. And I tell you what, like I said, very rarely have I gotten to a place in my life where I was like, man, I uh, I'm in over my head. You you get there and we went to we went to reception. I was in reception for like a week and a half, and then um. They give you all your stuff. They shave your head. They give you all your shots. You go through all this paperwork, stupid stuff like that. And then they like put you in stupid uniforms. I think they do is like a joke. Hey, we're gonna wear one left flip flop, one mitten, a pistol belt, and a cap that's backwards today. Did you see what I'm gonna wear? They're actually wearing the left flip flop. No, <laughs> just stupid stuff. And then you march to chow. And I, you ever marched in a group? No. You ever? You never. Never. You, never you get a, actually marched. Get a, get a group of people who've never marched in a group together and give them to march. I, you know, it's, it's, we weren't technically marching. The closest thing I came to ever marching was when I was a freshman at Black Hill State, and it was during fall camp for football. And the like last night of fall camp before we moved into our regular dorms and like getting ready for the normal season and school year, all the freshmen had to go for a run, which I guess it was kind of a march, but we all had to be in our underwear. And Oh well, R- ran one of those town, colleges, and then huh? they ran us in front of the volleyball team, 
and now which would be considered now exactly <laughs> like right well we they we we committed, no, I mean, they, we committed they sexual assault at school no like they they got a hold of the volleyball team and told them where to go because <laughs> it was supposed to be like embarrassing for us you know to run in our underwear in front of the volleyball team and i mean we weren't the first ones to do it we're all writing our phone numbers you know on our arms and stuff like advertising um did you get a couple whatever. calls no no that's, no that's no bad. i had no game none no. whatsoever but you no, know, you get a you get a group of people who uh, who have never marched and put them together and make a march. It's like bring, people's brains shut down. They're like, I gotta, like they, people forget to move their arms when they're walking. Like it's like you know you gotta still move your arms. You know, moving your arms. So he's like, he's like they're they're just yelling at you like no like uh, what they was it six to the front, eight to the rear, stuff like that. These are the things they tell you in the military. That's how far you swing your arm. Your steps are these. Your steps are sixteen inches. You're doing this. This it doesn't matter how big your feet are. These are your steps. These yeah. are how big. It's like. These are the things they teach you to, and these, those those go back to like the um, George Washington and the the military blue book, and the Prussians taught us in the Revolutionary Army. Drill. Yep, they drills. Drill. These are the, these are the things that discipline. Drill. These are what discipline is built on. Mm-hmm. And um, they teach us these things, and like you get there, and it's like, oh, this isn't so bad. I mean, we they march us to Chow, and then we just go back and sit around all day. Day comes, we ship to basic training. We so you're at basic training, but you're in reception. And then the day comes, and they're, they're going to go. You're going to go to start basic training. So you haven't even started yet. And um, all that's when the drill sergeants show up. And I, I tell you what, man, like there are some serious men. And they're drill sergeants. <laughs> I tell you, these guys are. One of my drill sergeants was a sniper in Panama. Oh Jesus! Yeah, that's how old he was. Uh, that's how old I am. Yeah, he, that guy's probably dead now. Rest in peace. Um, how old was he then? Do you think? Oh, he had to be in his fifties. He looked. Oh, 50. really? He looked fifty, but I mean, I was twenty, so everybody looks fifty, right? Well, oh yeah, I get. When did Panama happen? That was like eighty six. Yeah, eighty six was two thousand. Oh yeah, okay. So he would have been. Well, he'd have been kind of an old man even then. Yeah, right. He was fifty when you saw him. Yeah, right. Jeez. So, uh, so no, so like. They they bring these cattle cars in, and I don't even know if they use cattle cars anymore. They're like big tra- like horse trailers. They put yeah. privates in. I don't even know if they use them anymore. <laughs> they cram us in there. Get in there, stupid. Um, but uh, no. So they bring those, and then they're like, okay, get your get your. They give you two duffel bags, right? And it's full of your military gear, and then you got like civilian bags. You got like guys showing up with like, <laughs> I'm exaggerating, but, like a Hello Kitty backpack. Like, oh, I got this, <laughs> and then I got this. I think I brought like a black backpack with like a pair of underwear in it. Which was probably a bad choice at the time because then they give you these brown military underwear called Brown Thunders. They're BVDs and they're brown. <laughs> Horrible underwear. Brown Thunder. Call them Brown Thunders, man. Let's see if I can snag <laughs> you up here sometime. I don't think they miss you anymore. Brown Thunders. Uh, but um, no, they show up and they're like, "Okay, get your, get your duffel bags. One on the front, one on the back, and we'll get loaded in the cattle car." And uh, and then they go, um, they march us outside in the cattle car, and then they the cattle cars leave without us in them. Where are the camel cars going? All right, start running. So oh. they're running us in formation with our bags on our front and back, and you're just like in these brand new leather boots, uniforms. I'm looking at Brown Thunders. By brown the way. Thunders. That's, that's... Those are Brown Thunders, man. <laughs> it's basically just tidy whities that are. I, I I think are they supposed to be OD green, but they look brown. No, that's what, so that's back in the day when you wore the BDUs. Everything was like a brown color. Oh, okay. Like your t-shirts were a brown and all that. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, the brown thunders. I think they're supposed to blend in of some sort. I think they're just so you don't show poop on them. But um, you can't tell when their shit's stained. Yeah, you can't tell when their shit's stained. <laughs> just throw them away anyways. But um, so you, they run us down there. They run us this barracks, and you're just sweating. And then like all these guys come out and they take your ID cards. And they're 
you're like going through your ID cards and then you're like, dump all your bags on the ground and you're dumping all your bags on the ground. And they're like, all right, hold up your gloves. And you're like holding your gloves up and they're just, and they're just, they're just chewing. They're, they're chewing people alive. Just, just, just eating them up, eating them for, eating them for lunch, just going nuts. And you're seeing people just melt. Just people collapse. Just <laughs> teenage boys. They were like, "Oh, I'm hard." I mean, when they get my face, like, just, just, just destroying people. And they're just like, if "This is this is before the Matrix came out, the movie." But um, I after that movie came out, I correlated this as if you start crying at basic training, you know that part on the Matrix when people just start turning to Agent Smiths. I'm I'm like the only person who's never seen the Matrix. You've never seen the Matrix. I've never seen the Matrix. Oh, I'm telling the story to the wrong person. <laughs> so like. If Agent Smith is a bad guy, I'm going to give the whole lore of the, the Matrix to get this, this story. 20-year-old movie, it's yeah, fine. Yeah, so spoiler alert. Goose dies in Top Gun, by the oh, way. Oh, and, and Jack could have fit on the door. He could have. God yeah. dang it. If, but, um, if she would have moved her fat ass over. Jack could have. What does is, what, what is Titanic and Sixth Sense have in common? What? I see dead people. Um, <laughs> I've only drank a quarter of a beer, by the way. <laughs> I tell you what, if you like having me, I'll come back and I'll have a, I'll get a ride and we'll drink oh and God. this, this will last hours, <laughs> and I'll get louder and louder, progressively louder. I'll just keep. By the end of this, I'll just be screaming into a microphone. <laughs> you should go to the Gold Rush with me sometimes. I should. I leave there and I like the next morning. Like oh, I think I'm sick, guys. You get a cold. My throat's sore. Yes, you were screaming for the last four hours. Here's um, the, I haven't I haven't been around you in like five years. The thing I forgot about you is how fast and how much you talk. Oh yeah, sorry. You want to get in on this? No, no. I hey man, I'm, you want some I'm, of this? I'm just trying to stay out of your way. No, so so uh, so yeah, so Agent Smith. So like in the movie the Matrix, and I have to, I'm only explaining this to you because everybody else listen well, to the people who listen will understand. Go ahead. So like. They, they, if you start crying at basic training, people just turn into drill sergeants. And what I mean, like they, like Agent Smith, like you'll just see like they'll morph and they'll be a drill sergeant with a hat on, like because they'll just come out of nowhere. I once saw guys like start, they start crying and then they turn hard. No, like is that what you mean? Like people, like you don't know where these drill sergeants are coming from. Like all of a sudden there'll be twenty of them there. Like I, <laughs> I could have swore that was Steve, and now he's. He morphed into this drill sergeant. That's what I mean. He turns into an Agent Smith thing. You have to watch The Matrix now. Okay. But, like, I saw a guy start crying, a grown man start crying at basic training from doing cherry pickers for too long. This is this is a thing. So you just hold your arms out like this, and you do this. And then you cher- you pick in the cherries, and you drop them in the bucket. And this is what you're doing. But you're doing this for, uh, like, an hour. Oh, jeez. Yeah. You see, and then some guy started crying. And... <laughs> Like Andy was holding his hand out oh, yeah. sideways, like picking up, like like you're picking chairs up. Your, but you're holding your arms out at a ninety degree angle, yeah. And then you flip your arms over, and you're still. And in you a, have to hold both arms up. Both arms and for an hour. You, well, you know whatever they want to torture you for, you know yeah. whatever, you know whatever they think's fun. But that's <laughs> when you start seeing like people crying, and then people just start doing push-ups, and they're just screaming everywhere, like man, I might have fucked up. I think I might have bit <laughs> up more than I could chew here. Then you get to the barracks. And you, they show you how to make a bed once. And this is like, we expect this made like this every morning. Like hospital corners, this is how your bunk's supposed to be made every morning. We've showed you one time. It better be like this. Then they leave and you're just like, you're just kind of milling around. Like like you just saw someone dying. All these people you don't know. That's pretty crazy, right? See his head come off like that? Like just stuff like that. And you're just like, so where are you from? Yeah, really? We're going to be here. They might not let us leave. Um, I'm going to practice making my bed now. <laughs> I'm going to practice exactly what I'm going to shine some boots. Um, 
But then, like, you're just like, then after like a day or so, you're like, oh, so will you start counting like the days? So, like, so you're there for nine weeks, and like, the army basically trains nine weeks, and you start counting the days. Well, like, yesterday's over, so that's one day, right? Like, yeah. And then like Sundays don't count because we go to church. So like, we basically and like graduation, they're not gonna yell us at graduation. Newsflash: they yell at you at graduation. <laughs> <laughs> it still happens. Like, they yell at you in front of your family at graduation. <laughs> This is not good for if you're planning to join the military. Don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> it sounds like a great time. They yell at you in front of your family at graduation, <laughs> like maybe the day before graduation. They're in there just making fun of us. Like I bet you think your dad's gonna be all impressed and proud of you. He's not. Like Jesus. Ouch. Do you know? Okay, is we live in a different world now. Is basic the same now? I don't know. Was I don't know. Like you haven't heard or. I don't know. I, I guarantee you it's different. It's got to be different, yeah. I, they had us line up one day naked and go through the shower like a car wash. So I'm certainly <laughs> not doing that anymore. <laughs> I saw guys rubbing bar soap in their hair so they could only be, because they could only get like 30 seconds in the shower. I don't think they're doing that anymore. Oh, but, my God. So, so, <laughs> so kidding. Join the military. <laughs> do you? Do you be know, all you can be. Do you know what MEPS is? MEPS. Military Entrance Processing Station? No. I so that's where you go if you want to join the military. Like they, they take you to MEPS. And you uh you go there and you go like you do all this uh, medical stuff and they you know that's where you take your ASVAB usually and stuff like that. And but oh, they, they give you the ASVAB? You have to take the ASVAB if oh. you want to join the military. I didn't know that. I did actually scored pretty well, surprisingly, for almost barely passing high school. Um shout out to Lennox High School. Well, doing great. You're probably just like me. Like I could have done better if oh, I gave a shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually did really good in college, but I did okay. I did very poorly early in college, and I did very well later in college. So it looked like I just like C's get degrees. Yeah, kind of thing. So, so you go to this military entrance processing. And this is and this is twenty some odd years ago, mind you. So I don't know what they do now, but like they, you go there, you take a drug test right away, stuff like that, and they make sure you're not on alcohol and stuff like the drugs and. You you know you height weight they take your blood pressure all this stuff. then they do this thing called the underwear Olympics at least they used to they get all the guys in one room I don't know if it's all the guys but a group of guys in one room and they have you strip down your underwear and you bend over and they look at your back and make sure you don't have scoliosis and then you like duck walk in your underwear and stuff like that and I don't know what that's for but they make you do it and then you go into this private room like well I went into this private room I don't think they do this anymore you go in this private room with this doctor and it was this old German I think he was German. But he was old. I mean, I mean, old like. And by German, do you think like was he like? All right, now take <laughs> down the pants. Yes, but louder and meaner. Okay. I don't know if he's Belgian or German, but. Nipfer. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I think he might have had ties to Argentina. <laughs> uh, but no, like, he he was. He was terrifying because they told you, like, don't make him in Like, they would literally tell you, don't make him repeat himself. He'll yell. He had these really long yellow fingernails. What? Oh, it was horrible. He's, 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 he, and I'm not trying to speak poorly of the dead. He's long been passed. But, I mean, I'm sure he was a great doctor and all of this. But, I mean, he was working the maps. But there's something they don't tell you when you're joining those. Is, and you're a man. You go in there. He looks at your butthole. Okay. What's he looking for? I don't know. I think he might know when I'm going to die, though. <laughs> they don't tell you. Like, I mean, you stop. He tells you, take down your shorts, bend over, pull, pull your butt cheeks apart, and he looks at your butthole. 
And I think that's when they know you're going to die. You know, they're written in a book somewhere. I, I don't, maybe you haven't gotten to that part of last week's episode, but they did that at Black Hill State too. They look at your butthole. It, well, no, the some of the football <laughs> players did it. It was called "Hey, Watch Me Fart," and they would bend over, once, spread once their butt cheeks, to get a sexual assault, and they, w- and they would watch you go. <laughs> Like, awful. That's what they were doing. That's like, awful. But it was like a fun thing among friends. Mine, mine is a medical procedure. How dare you make fun of it? <laughs> it's a medical thing. Um, but yeah, like, like I, I don't know why they did it. I would assume yeah. to like make sure you don't have hemorrhoids. I think that might be what it was. Uh, maybe. But they don't explain it to you. No. But you're just like you walk out like, man, that guy just looked. And they're like 19, and some guy who's like 80 just looked at your butthole. Like think about that in your life. Like, no one. No one, I think no one besides my mother up to that point had seen my bottle. Yeah, I, this is, this is <laughs> When probably, I was a baby, let me rephrase that. <laughs> this is probably too much information for folks, but let's just, uh, let's just say I had to have, uh, I had a medical condition where I needed to get a little, Happens in a man your age. Uh, well, I, it wasn't that though. It, this was like in my early thirties. Oh, wow. Um, but, uh, our family doctor at the time was a woman and she, uh, this is at the clinic in Sanford, and and she reaches over and she grabs the the small glove, and I was like, I'm so glad you didn't grab the large. And <laughs> you take off that Super Bowl and, ring, we'll talk. And, and, and like the, I should have said this would have been better if I would have set it up better. This doctor of ours was very. She grew up on a dairy farm. She was farm. very stoic. She was just very. She was kind of a statue, kind of emotionless, sort of a robot. Uh, she was a very nice lady. Um, she actually passed away, but she was a very nice lady. We liked her. But she was not, you know, she was not a character, let's say. And when I said, I'm you so know, glad that, you... That's what you want when someone's putting their finger in your right, butt. Right, right. You don't want a character like, right. oh, no. this old gag again. <laughs> but, like, but when I said, I'm so glad you didn't grab the large, she actually just like busted out laughing. <laughs> <And> <laughs> okay, so the doctor looks at your butthole. Yeah, there's a segue. <laughs> and then yeah, I guess they write in a big book and they find out when you're going to die. <laughs> it's a big book somewhere. Somebody has it. It's for the a film big book of buttholes. Yeah, that's where the, they got that next to the film of the actual Kennedy uh, assassination. Yeah. Um, no, so like they do that, and then like um, I actually had to go back to Maps because I was such a fatty. I passed all the medical, and they're like, "You're still too fat." Really? Yeah. So I had to lose twenty more pounds. So you arrived at two hundred? I think it's somewhere around there. Yeah, like two hundred five or something like that. And but then I mean, I, didn't they know like they're gonna work it off you? Yeah. These are still standard. Still standard. Really? So yep. you so you had to like yep. they shipped you out. Well, after I lost the weight, I had to go back to MEPS to lose the After I lost the weight, they weighed in, and then they swore me in the military. So where did you – okay, the first time you got there and you're still too fat, where did you go? Back home. Oh, you went home fat. and had to lose 20 pounds. Yeah, too fat. And then you went back. Yep. How long did that take? A couple of weeks. Starved myself, stuff oh, like that. Oh, jeez. Yeah, a couple of weeks. You can lose I, – Well, I, 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 I've I lost can make the, you lose 10 pounds in a day and a half if you need me to. I, I've done that before. Yeah. But – 20 pounds is that's another level though like yeah, that's you that's do, a little tougher so i so after that johnny Mellinger took me to coyote canyon back when that was still open coyote canyon where was that that was right next to gary's it was that all you could eat buffet oh yeah oh man did i break i i closed that place down i remember that place now i miss you coyote canyon oh that was uh before that it was um and after that it was bonanza. whiskey creek it was bonanza before that it was yeah. whiskey yeah, it was Whiskey Creek then. Yeah, yeah. So no, yeah. And now it's Billion something or other. Isn't yeah, it? Billion or owns Graham. like the whole no, block. They, they own like that whole block. Yeah. You know? It's Graham. No, Billion's on yeah, yeah. the street. Um. Okay. So you. God. 
These are so fun. I love hearing these stories. So you got your butthole looked at. Got you got in the army, and then and then what? Went to base training. Went to AIT. Um, went to Fort Sill, Oklahoma for AIT. Uh, took the MOS of a multiple uh, 13 Mike, just like uh, Jeremy did. We were multiple rocket launch crewmen. And um, then I got back from base training in AIT because um, I did all one shot. I, I just got on a plane, went to Fort Sill right after I left Fort Knox. Oh, okay. Put me on a plane there. Got off there, sat in Fort Sill. You know, to fi- fire a multi-million dollar rocket launch piece of equipment like that that's classified and all that stuff. Like, well, not classified. I mean, people can see it, but I'm not like, But, like, all the high-level stuff that's in You know how long the school is for that? Six weeks? Four weeks. Four you're, weeks. You're close. Four weeks. Well, all you have to do is set it off. You don't have to build it. <laughs> you're just, you, know, you, gotta, you know what? You got a point there. Because <laughs> the people who work on it, my cousin used to do that. That's like a six-month school. I, I was gonna say, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just, I don't know, man. I just drive the fucking thing. What do you I, want from me? I, I drive it. I push a button. It goes. Yeah, right. Like, all right. How the button's not working, guys? Let's let's check it out. How is your hearing? Oh, it's awful. Is it's it awful? Yeah, I got a, I got a really bad hearing. Um, I actually be, to, uh, to become uh, promoted in the army, I had to. What, I have to do a every couple of years. I have to do a thing called a sprint test now because my hearing's so bad. So like, I can't pass the regular. They'll put you, in a, put you in a booth like this. The most, it's the most aggravating thing you've ever done in your life. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but they put you in these little booths, and then you put these headphones on like this, and then you get a little controller, a little button, and it's like, press the button. You hear the tone. And they're like, boom, 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 boom. And the tone will just get quieter and quieter. Like, boom, 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 boom. And then, then all of a sudden you're just guessing, and then they'll tell you, <laughs> only press the button when you hear the tone. And then it'll be, it'll be, it'll be barely hear anything, and all of a sudden, boom, boom, boom. Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard that one. So you, I'll be in there for like 45 minutes. And oh, then, my God, really? Oh, yeah, because I'll just keep running through it because I, I, I'm, I'm really deaf in my left ear at certain frequencies, like really deaf. The uh, Is that because that was the ear closest to muzzles and stuff? I guess, something like that. But, yeah, my left ear is just shot. It's like, I mean, I was not in the military, but my right ear as a lefty is worse yep, than my, my left ear. Left. My left ear is just shot. And my dad's right ear was far worse than his right ear. I will uh I will uh I will attribute it, like say shooting that fifty cal. We'd shoot that fifty cal all the time. We wouldn't put hearing pro in. Where'd you put oh, your Oh God, really? And then like I, I would drive we'd convoy every day and my mom, bless her heart, she burned a bunch of MP threes to a disc. We're going way back here, but we're burning oh, yeah. MP threes to a C D disc. Mm-hmm. And I had a Sony Walkman that would listen. That would you could play MP3s and wave files. So you'd have like 300 songs on a disc. Yep. And I'd have that inside my inside my body armor, and I'd run earbuds up into my ears, and I would just blare hard metal into my ears all for like eight hours a day. So if the 50 wasn't going off, you just had metal going. Well, yeah. And then you're up you're up on a, in a hatch with the wind blowing too, and all that. But then like the constant of the vehicles, the radios, and the explosions and stuff like that. Shooting AT4s. I mean, they gave us AT4s, man. It was freaking that, cool. I saw a video of. I don't. It was one of those Russian or Ukrainian video. It was probably a Ukrainian video on Instagram. I saw this guy. I did. I don't know how to shoot an AT4, so I didn't know he was doing it wrong. Actually, he put it to his shoulder. He, Is that this video he's talking he, about? Yeah, he put it to his shoulder. Yeah, he probably killed him. Uh, it did not. Well, I don't know if it did or not. I, I bet later on it did. It flew out of his hands. Yeah, and. It'll kill a person standing behind him. The blast will kill a person behind him. Yeah, but like the whole thing, how are you supposed to shoot it? You put it over your shoulder. Well, like, that's what he did. I think he put part of it on his shoulder, though. Oh, like we're just having a video touching the, you? Yes. Oh, so, you're like holding it above your shoulder, not yeah, like, on your you shoulder. You hold it like this, like say it's right, right here in this hole. So not like a bazooka. 
Yeah, like a bazooka. But like bazooka. It's a big they, bazooka. Yeah, but they rested bazookas on their shoulder. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so you rest an AT4 on your shoulder? Yes. Oh, okay. It's just a bigger bazooka. <laughs> it is. It really <laughs> it's is. a lot bigger. A, a, an AT4 is an anti-tank is what it stands yeah. for. A bazooka won't go through a tank. They don't even use them anymore. Like a Laws well, rocket? You mean you mean like a Laws rocket? Well, I'm, I'm talking like a World War II bazooka. Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was the, the bazooka, then they went to the Laws rocket, the expandable one like you see in... Um, like a lethal weapon and stuff like that, where they just shunk and it opens yeah. up. That's a Laws rocket. And then they have the AT4, which is even bigger. And they also have like uh, Stingers. And then they have Sam's rockets and stuff like that. And then they have Carl Gustafs now and stuff like that. All sorts of fun stuff. But um, it's like a toy store. Oh gosh, I tell you, I tell you what. But what's uh, the coolest thing you got to shoot? I in Afghanistan, I got to shoot an a uh, an MP7. Ooh, I got to shoot that. I got to do the German qualification with the Germans in Afghanistan. And so I got the German shoots and snarelows over there. The, it's a big cord with a badge on it and stuff. And you shoot their H&K rifles and you shoot their pistols. And they also had some MP7s there. And I was like, hey, can we shoot the MP7? They're like, yeah, I shoot the MP7. Oh, that'd be cool. That was pretty cool. I got to shoot MP5, suppressed MP5s. I got to shoot that. I mean, that 50 cal, that's that's something else. So I tell you, that you was shoot- a, That's the first thing Jeremy always, like, he's like, yeah, we got 50s. Dude, like- I, you could shoot a 50. You if you get good with a fifty cal and I was pretty I'm not to toot my own horn I was pretty damn good with a fifty cal and I could we shoot we could shoot fifty five gallon we'd put fifty five gallon drums out in the desert we'd shoot them at like almost a mile pop them in the air by like pop cans and this is just just iron sights like when you're just yep leaning back with gunning. iron sights yep yeah because it's such a it's such a good gun it's just it's it's the it's the 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 instructions to that gun were handed down from God Himself to Mo- John Moses Brown. Yeah. I mean, like it's a perfect weapon. When was it, when did that come out? Oh God! Shortly it's after old. It's old. Really old. And they just redid them not too long ago now. So like we but used the to, guts of it are still the same. The guts are the same, but so the thing is, you used to be able to interchange all barrels, and you'd have to headspace and time them, and you'd ratchet them in, you'd pull the handle back, and then you'd put a timing gauge so the throating on it was correct, so the so your chambering was right? Yeah. Now they have set barrels for each one. They have a pair of barrels for each one. You don't have to do it anymore. Oh. Which is nice because, like, I, I don't think how many times people are like, well, I need an extra barrel. And these, I, mean, I mean, I bet it just happened. But, I mean, like, on a day-to-day basis, it's probably never. Yeah. Well, so, I, kn- I know in uh, the the Germans in World War II, they would change barrels on MG-42. MG-42s have a way higher cyclical yeah, rate, though. And like those a barrels saw. got hot. A saw has a way higher cyclical rate. So like a, that's was I, I was a saw gunner. I had a saw, and then I had a that was my personal weapon was an M two four nine saw, and then that was what I carried every day with me was an M two four nine saw full size. Oh gosh, I tell you, I was like, why are you giving me this thing? And then um, I had a full size M two four nine saw, and then you carried a thousand rounds of ammunition with you, and then uh, my uh, my gun weapon my on the gun was a fifty cal fifty cal machine gun. Um, what is do you know what the fire rate of a 50 cal is i used to i used to know all this stuff man i tell you i like because i know the like i'm such a world war ii nerd i know the mg42 was like up in the 700 some rounds a minute saw a 50 cal is way slower because you can just it's like yeah it's such a big bolt throwing back and forth like you can i tell you what though you can get those things so dirty we we had one that you get through a sand just run and we went through a sandstorm with it and then you just dumped a full bottle of CLP in the open action, racked a couple times, and just kept going. Like they're they're, they're just mean. We, they were just they're just crazy. They're crazy guns, and they're like I said, they're perfect construction, and they're they're and they mean they mean business. People people react when you have one of those on a truck. 
Oh, yeah. People don't care if you have a saw mounted on a truck. They don't care if you're just up there with a rifle. But you have a 50 cal up there, people like people take note. Well, you will stop like, traffic. The bullets are like a quarter pound. Oh, yeah. You'll <laughs> stop traffic. The Remember Dad telling me, I asked him one time, what was like the coolest stuff you got to shoot in the Marine Corps? Which He was a jet mechanic, so he didn't. You know, he wasn't always he wasn't often in like firefights. He was a couple of times, uh, the Tet Offensive being one of them, but um but he said for some reason they still had uh they had Thompsons around. Oh, that'd be cool. And they had grease guns around, the M three grease gun. And I was like, Which one is better? He's like I didn't really like either one of them, but they were fun to shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, Your grandfather would tell you the Thompson was great for clearing houses uh back in World War Two. The Grease gun was basically sort of the thing they – it was a cheaper thing to kind of replace the Thompson, yeah. and it was more controllable because it wasn't so fast yep. in the cycle rate. They actually, they actually, the first Thompsons they had, they the second order they made, they had them turn the cyclical rate down on them because the first ones were too fast. Yeah. yeah. And just – And the first ones were milled, and the second orders they got were stamped. They were stamped. Stamped. They were still expensive as fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if you look at the – I, I looked up what they were, what the cost was for them in World War II and like with inflation, which isn't necessarily a corollary because the economy was weird back then. It cost but three onions and a potato was, <laughs> and a bologna sandwich. <laughs> and we're all out of bologna. Oh, um, God, I love but bologna. Th- it was it was basically like a two thousand dollar gun. Yeah. Back then, if you put it into today's dollars, like that's a little pricey for like an individual weapon. Yeah, yeah. Even by today's standards. No. I still. Have you ever held one? You ever held like a Thompson, like a full? Not a real one, no. Well, they they may they. I mean, uh, what does it make them now? I've held an airsoft <laughs> Thompson. That's the closest I've come to holding a Thompson. <laughs> held, an, held an airsoft one. I've uh I uh I saw it once in a movie. Um no, so like you know I got to shoot the MP7. That was pretty cool. That was pretty sweet. But like, you know, people people say things about you know being deployed and stuff like that, and I don't know. Like I I I feel like. And I don't, I don't mean to tell stories outside of school, but I, some some guys, they were over it when we were over there. Like, I don't want to do this. But I tell you what, like, man, I, I fucking loved it. I did. I fucking loved it. You were, you came back and you're, you know, the, the, the you know the person the year of the time magazine was when I was when I was over in Iraq, it was a U.S. soldier. Oh. You came back and I joined after nine eleven. You came back and it was, that was the person of the year. Everybody was. You were. You were. You were everything the news was talking about. You mm-hmm. were it. You were the news. People were like, fuck, you were in Iraq. Yeah, I was in Iraq. That's that's where it's at. That's what's going on. And you were there. And you were 20 years old. You know, you think like when you were 20, okay? When you were 20, you were in college, right? Or you were after yeah. college. Yep. You were running around showing guys showing your buttholes, you know? Well, uh, <laughs> I wasn't, I didn't get in on the butthole. I didn't show people my farts. Um, I've, I'm a little older than you. So the, when I was 20, like that was... Very pre nine eleven, like this is yeah. like Monica Lewinsky scandal oh. was happening when I was twenty. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I know. I'm just saying, like, so like, nobody takes you seriously when you're that. Age. Oh no, no, no. That's what I'm no, getting. no. We were in Iraq. You were you, you. That's the thing. Is like you, people treat you like a man. You know, like, here's your machine gun. Go get the truck. Put the machine gun on the on the yeah. truck. Load the radios. We're gonna go on a convoy. We're gonna go. We're gonna go on patrol today. Get the machine gun loaded. Get out of the truck. Grab that guy. Put him against the truck. Tell those people to stop. Like. You got treated like a man. And yeah. It's, it's, you know, you, you go from being, you know, an 18, 19-year-old boy to people treating you like a man. You're like, this is this is what men are like. This is what mm-hmm. we do. And then you, you're you around rough men all day. You're around rough men. You're around, one time I told I told another platoon sergeant, Jason Zock, I told him to fuck off. 
Jason Jock picked me on the ground, picked me up, threw me on the ground, grabbed me on <laughs> my throat. Told me you're never doing that again, are you? Nope. I really <laughs> fucked up back there. That's how men solve things. That's how it happened. And um, I tell you what, like, I like to think of it as like, I, I, I think of it like this is when I was in Iraq, it kind of put me in a state of arrested development. And it happens, I think it happens to a lot of guys. And you kind of get this, you turn into a lost boy. And that's why I think of it. You're a lost boy. You're like, I don't ever want to grow up. I want to be a lost boy forever. Yeah. We're never going to grow up. We're never going to grow old. We're going to live forever. We're going to be lost boys. That's what we're going to do. And that's what you're like in Iraq, man. We're lost boys. We're the fucking, we're the fucking, we're the Indians and we're the fucking sheriff. We're fucking everything. And we're the lost boys. And uh, that's why I was like, this is the coolest fucking thing I've ever done in my life. And I was addicted to it. I was. I was like, we should go on another deployment. We should do it again. I went to Afghanistan. Let's do this again. This is fun. We should do this again. Like, I, I, that's why I mean like I'm 40 and I have a two year old I for a long time in my life I lived like a lost boy it's like uh-huh. I don't want to grow up growing up sucks I want to do this it does, yeah. I want to buy guns I want to I want to date girls that are way younger than me I did that for a long time <laughs> I want to I want to drive fast I want to make bad decisions drink alcohol go on deployments make money when I'm short on money I'll go to another deployment again and we're going to do that we're going to be lost boys and it was it's good life for a long time man it was it was good times like going to Iraq you're like you you came home on on leave at least for me. That's all you thought about was going back. It's like let's go back. Let's go again. Let's go back. When did everybody's that... over there? Everybody's over there. We're going to be over there. Where are they doing? Just like Jeremy said, that end of Hurt Locker. You stand there in yeah. the in the aisle with all the cereal. This is bullshit. Uh-huh. I could be back in Iraq. I could be back. I could be back fucking with my machine gun. Nobody tells me what to do. I've got a fucking machine gun. Well, his attitude was a little different. Yeah. I mean, I I know. I mean, I've known you for a while, but I know Jeremy pretty well, and his, I mean, Jeremy's a, I mean, he's a fun-loving guy, but he's a relatively serious guy yeah. compared to you. Oh, yeah. I know I know plenty but, of guys I went to Iraq with who were the same way, though, like me. Like, but, like, I was you talking, were, I was, you're saying the same thing about, you know, Hurt Locker looking at the cereal, but, like, his tone saying it was very different than He's looking yours. at a different way. Like, yeah. I, I look at it like, this is bullshit. This isn't fun. Yeah. I don't want to fucking be here. <laughs> Him coming off that ramp. You see the scene of that in the movie? Like people yeah. talk, people shit in the military shit on that movie all the time. But him coming off that ramp and he's smiling again—that's what I want to do. Yeah, I want to do this. I want to feel well, that. I want to feel that. Whew, that was kind of crazy. We almost died there. That was pretty fun. If you're an adrenaline junkie, I get it. I wouldn't like, say I was an adrenaline junkie, but you but just want to be. Could you not say you weren't? Though. But you just, you just wanted, you want to be, you want to be that everything. You want to do it. Yeah. You want to be there. You want to. And thinking about it now, it, like it makes my blood pump. Like I love being a dad, and I, like I said, being this podcast, I love being a dad. I love being my wife. I would never. That's why I'm. That's why I'm getting out of the military. Um, I've 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 done my time. I I, I can reach into my pockets right now. I'm all out of deployments. I don't have any more in my pockets. I'm mm-hmm. done with them. I don't have any more. I don't want to leave again. I want to be with my girls. Mm-hmm. But like talking about it right now, man. No, I, you were you were literally like rocking. Oh, in the dude, chair. it's good times. Like. It's good times, man. <laughs> like, and I know guys the same way as me. Like. They're still like they're still living that life. They're still in that lost boy life. Like I see him on the street. Like I know a guy I went to Iraq with. He's got a he got a he's got a uh, an M16 tattooed on the side of his head and a mohawk right now. Like he is he is a lost boy. Like we are we he's living the life. Like and it, I mean it doesn't it doesn't sound to me it doesn't sound that great. Like he he doesn't go home to a wife and you know all that right. every night. But like that's a wild man and that's what he is. He's a wild man. Like and I tell you what it was a like I said hey it's six a.m. Go get the fifty cal mounted. We're gonna go out. We're going out on the road. And what I, I and I, the, when I said adrenaline junkie, that may be sh- sort of a short sighted characterization. But the I've read a lot of soldier biographies, particularly World War II, and even back then, 
they would say things like, life's really boring when you've been at war. It, it, it's boring. You know. It's, and it sucks. Life sucks. Regular life sucks. And, I, and I, what I mean by that is, okay, you got to pay bills. I got to pay for gasoline. Yeah. I got to bake my own food. Like, go to the chow hall. Grab some food. Fill my Humvee up. People give me ammo. Like, <laughs> I don't have to buy bullets. Yeah. Like, life sucks, man. Like, and I'm not saying, like, oh, my life sucks. I want to kill myself. But, like, monotony. Monotony right. sucks. Yeah. It's it's a very banal. Like, oh, I got to go to my life. nine to five job. I got to tell Carol in HR that I. You know, I gotta listen to her talk about her kids, and uh, <laughs> I listen. I can't, I can't, I can't tell her that I actually think she's an idiot. You know, I can't be myself. And I know plenty of guys that, like I said, who I went to Iraq with who have trouble with holding down jobs because they'll tell people like, "You're a fucking idiot," and then yeah. they'll, they'll have to find another job. And I'm, I've been pretty good at that lately, and most of my life. Um, but like I said, like, you know, it regular life's boring. It is, and and it. It's as hard as people like, oh, you know, war, war is this, war is that. But like, real life's hard. Like, you gotta, you gotta be an adult. Yeah. And that's the thing is, like I said, lost boys. You don't want to grow up. You want to be adult. You want to, you don't want to grow up. You don't want to grow old. You want to live forever. And that's what we were doing. We were so. Was it easier for you to go off to war than it is to just be? Like here now, it was for now. Like I don't ever want to leave. No, no, no. I know what you okay, mean, but yeah. like, I mean, uh, I'm I'm talking about back then. Oh not, yeah, not now oh, with yeah. wife and kids. Not oh not yeah. Now. Like leaving my family, my mom, and all that. Like that's always hard. Don't get me wrong. But once yeah. you're gone, once you're on that plane, it's easy. And it, my mom might listen to this, and she might make her mad. But like what I'm saying, like it's easy is. You don't have to see their faces anymore. I mean, that sounds really bad, but no, it's true. I, I know what you but mean. It's like like. They're not there to be that. Yeah, you can talk to them on the phone. On your shoulder, yeah, you whatever. talk to them on the phone. You, when you when you're done seeing your your loved ones cry, you can move past it. Like okay, I'm, I can move past that now. Like I'll correlate this, and, and this might be a raw nerve for you, but you, you, I know your dad just died. Mm-hmm. Okay, when I go to a funeral and after I see that person in the casket, and I know it's not my dad, and I know it's probably way different for you, but it's like that. It's that okay? That was that's the hard part for me. I saw the person; they're dead. That's, that was the hard part for me when I go to a funeral. And now I can kind of accept it, you know. I can kind of get past. That. I can. I, I'm. I'm. I'm done with the tears for most. My most part. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what I mean. Is once you leave and you're on that plane, it's like you all look at each other and it's like, okay, that really sucked ass. But I got you guys and we're together still. Mm-hmm. So you know we can move past it. And yeah, we'll have some phone calls here and there. There's gonna be there's gonna be crying and stuff like that. But most of all, we're gonna come home and everybody's gonna laugh. Everybody's gonna be happy. And that's you live for that happiness moment. And that was it. That was it. I think like you. You you you'd always just think about that, like, oh, we're gonna go home. Everybody's gonna be happy, and I think that's what trips a lot of guys up. You know, I've had buddies commit suicide, and I've had buddies marriages fall apart. I mean, I had a marriage fall apart and stuff like that. And a lot of guys, life goes to shit because they just think like, oh, I'm gonna come home, everything's gonna be fine, everything's gonna be come home, we're all gonna be in love again, and everything's gonna be. And it isn't because you know what? Like I said, life's hard, life sucks. Well, in isn't part of that too you come home probably different than when you left yeah everybody changes everybody yeah. changes your wife changes your family changes you're, you're not the same person you were five minutes ago you're not the same person you were a year ago you yeah. know like especially when somebody spends the time away and, or spends the time in a high stress situation they're going to be different for a long time mm-hmm. and it's going to change you and pe- you know like I guarantee your wife's not the same person she was when you married her no exactly and your wife's never been deployed no. that you know of <laughs> she's no. not a secret agent no I'm pretty sure she has not no uh, have you ever seen True Lies nah. well that was a good movie 
Yeah. That was great. It's not bad. Um, but you no, know, like you know, like people aren't the same, and that trips a lot of people up. And I, 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 I my mom said the same. I, I mean, I, I didn't have. I mean, I had a steady girlfriend at the time, but I wasn't married. I wasn't like most guys where I was like, I'm gonna marry this girl. Like, oh, like I had a steady girlfriend, but. My mom always said, like, Jeremy said, Jeremy said, like, you came out when you were different. Yeah. yeah. People are different. People are different. I I have anger issues. I'll admit it. My wife knows I have anger issues, but I don't, like, I'm not, I don't hit my wife or anything crazy. Like, I don't even, but I, I, I get mad and I hold it and I kind of just, she'd be like, like, she knows. Like, a couple days ago, the dogs pissed me off, did something stupid, and I just got mad. And she goes, just go inside. I'll take care of it. Okay. And I stood inside and I just kind of cooled off for a second, went back outside. And everything was fine, you know. Like mm-hmm. you just gotta know how to handle yourself. And you know, I got back from the from Iraq and Afghanistan. I didn't go get help. I didn't go talk to anybody when I got back from Iraq. I was like, I didn't talk to anybody. I'm like, Wuss. It's one week. I didn't talk to people about my feelings. Mm-hmm. Who talks about their feelings? Oh, stupid. But um, you know, I I, I drank a lot when I got back from Iraq. I was drinking beer and I was drinking Nyquil at night with alcohol and just to get to sleep stuff like that. And and uh, then I deployed to Afghanistan. And I got a divorce while I was in Afghanistan, so things got really good. <laughs> and uh, I was really happy then. I was a real <laughs> charm to be around. I actually got uh, I actually got uh, talked to by the first sergeant because I threatened to kill a, a person in the bathroom one day. So I had to get a talking to about that. And I had a gun in my hands, so oh. I, I wasn't. I didn't point it at him, but you know, <laughs> I was I was on my edge. I was I was a little mad at the point. I mean, my, uh, my Do you remember what pissed you off? I, I can tell you exactly what pissed me off. Um, do you know how people in other countries wipe their ass? Uh, something to do with their left hand. Uh, well, yes and no. They'll also take a water bottle and they'll spray it all over their up their ass up on their asshole. So you'll go into a bathroom. It's like a handheld bidet. Kind of, yeah, basically. And you'll go into a bathroom to use the toilet to sit down, and you're standing in water that has shit in it. Oh. And I just, I just had enough of it just had enough of it and it was that day i had enough of it and i saw this guy walking out of the stall with a fucking bottle of water in his hand that was empty and i told him i go if i catch you in here again spraying water up your asshole i'm gonna fucking kill you i said and um my first son at the time knew i was having a rough time because my shortly after my wife left me he um called me into his office i had this hat i still do actually uh, it's a camouflage custer state park hat and i I always busted my ass for wearing it, my uniform. I'd wear it when I was outside my, my billet, my, my uniform. He'd bust me like, get that goddamn hat off. You're not supposed to wear that. You're not supposed to have civilian clothes on, first of all, and you're not supposed to wear it with your uniform. I'm like, all right. And it goes camouflage. I was wrong camouflage, dumbass. You know, just joke with me. <laughs> and um, I had that hat on. And uh, I ran into the one guy in Afghanistan that knows how to read English. And, uh, well, not the one guy, but <laughs> one of the few people I, that I thought didn't know to read English or even speak English because I was a little ignorant at the time. And uh, my first aunt calls me in the office and goes, hey, we weren't, you weren't in the bathroom yesterday threatening to kill people, were you? And I go, no. He goes, good. Because the guy who was doing it was wearing a camouflage Custer State Park hat. And if it was you, <laughs> you'd be in real trouble. <laughs> and I go, yeah, really? He goes, yeah. He goes, you need to calm it down. He goes, I saw you out there a couple days ago. You were kicking the side of the internet trailer, yelling at them. He goes, you need to calm down. He goes, you're going to get yourself in trouble, and there's nothing I can do to help you. And He's a really good guy. He's a really good first sergeant. He's a sweet guy. He took care of me. 
and uh, you know he knew I was having trouble, and that's I think that's what good leaders in the military do is they realize the troops that are maybe you know I don't know if I showed that much promise at the time, but that you know have are having rough times, and most people kind of just write some of those people off, and then you can realize that that person just needs help, and they need to be like, hey, stop being stupid. Uh, Johnny Mellinger, one of those famous lines, my recruiter, <laughs> shut up, you're stupid. Yeah, that's what you need sometimes. You just need to be told, shut up, yeah. you're stupid. As much as I hate hearing that whenever someone's like, yeah, but no, yeah, like, like just stop talking. Yeah, and, you, know, you just so yeah, I got back from Afghanistan, and um, I think I know it was before I went to Afghanistan. I uh, I shortly uh, I was having a real bad time, and I um, I went to the VA and I started talking to a psychologist and started talking to a psychiatrist, and they put me on a bunch of pills, and I didn't like those, and um, so I stopped taking them. And as as you know, Luke, hold on here, okay? Um, I just don't like how most medications make me feel. I they slow me down. If sitting here talking to you, you can tell I'm pretty yeah amped up guy, and I don't like being slowed down. And um, so I stopped taking them, and I uh, I learned to cope better ways. You know, I work out, I read, mm-hmm. I you know I, I I know that I can't drink alcohol to excess because if I do, my anxiety gets to a level where it's, I feel great when I'm drunk. But then about 4 a.m., 3 a.m., my anxiety all comes crashing back, and then I can't sleep. And it just feels oh. like someone's choking me. So I can't do that. And I, and then you're not supposed to. You shouldn't do that anyways. I'm just saying, like, you shouldn't drink like that anyways. No. So probably, I, I, I never do. I know. But, you ne- know, like. Never never happens when I'm doing a podcast But you, should, you shouldn't do it every night to fall asleep. No. No, definitely not. So, yeah, I'm just saying, like, you know, you got to learn. You, you know, some people need to learn that, like, you got to find things that are better outlets for your aggression and better outlets for your anxiety and your stress. And you learn how to deal with them. And that's what I did. And I don't take medications and I'm not saying nobody should take medications. I medications help people and it's, they're good. But I, for me, they didn't, they didn't make me feel like I wanted to feel. Mm. And, um, I've learned to cope better with the way I am now. And, uh, yeah, you can ask my wife. I still have angry outbursts. I don't, but I don't scream at people. I don't, you know, one day if, couple years after getting home from Iraq, I got out of my car and screamed at somebody in the intersection, just doing stupid shit, man, you know, stuff like that. And I, I don't do that anymore. I just kind of, like, laugh stuff out, like, look at this idiot. Yeah. Look at this moron. Like, this isn't a passing lane. What are you doing? You it's, know? it's amazing how, what a trigger driving behavior is for some people. Uh, and I would, myself included, once upon a time, I I don't get angry about it anymore. I don't know why. So, so why um, that is? People get so pissed about other people's driving. So, I, I correlates to a couple things. And um, one thing for me is the time that we spent over in Iraq, we had convoys all the time. We we're on the road constantly. Threats of IEDs, VIBDs, stuff like that. I get it for you, but, but like no, for no, the no, average, but for average. And I'm saying another thing for average person. Driving's not a normal thing for a human being. How long? Has, no. How, how long no. have human beings been it been in cars? Uh, about 120 years. Uh, you know how your eyes work. You know, you your eyes are uh, optimized to function at three to five miles per hour. Do you know that? Yeah. Because that's walking speed. Yep. So you're at a heightened wet sense of awareness already. Mm-hmm. Your 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 senses are hyperactive. So when something happens, you're already on edge and you're in that fight or flight mode. So that's what happens. Oh, that makes sense. There you go. And the more you know, get the get the rainbow in here. Da, da, da. Da, da, da. No, yeah. So. No, I uh, I did that, and then uh, a couple years ago, I um, you know I went to Afghanistan. I almost got shot by the uh, the Georgian uh, uh, sergeant major of the army's uh, bodyguards. <laughs> I'm trying to be helpful, 
What? So I, uh, I, I, I got these maps for him, and he, he requested all these maps, and uh, he, he was leaving, and I saw his vehicle, and I, I didn't realize he was the Georgian, the country, not the the state. He was the Georgian sergeant major. When I say that, I mean he was there, like the army's sergeant major, the head of the Georgian oh, army. Oh, like I the top realize, enlisted yeah, man. Yeah, I didn't in know that army. he was the top enlisted man in there. I think he was just a sergeant major. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I run up next to this vehicle and I'm knocking on the door like, hey, like <laughs> open this door of this ar- armored SUV, and I, hey, you forgot your maps. <laughs> apparently, they were, <laughs> apparently they were guys in there with guns who were getting ready to shoot me. Like, hey, the psychopath. Jeez. You forgot your map, sir? Hey. <laughs> your son served honorably. What was he doing? He was giving some maps to a Georgian. Trying, trying to give some maps to a Georgian sergeant major. The state? <laughs> no, the country. They shot him. They they murdered my boy. Dumb ways to dumb, die. That would be a dumb way. I have a lot of dumb ways I could have died. But um, no, yeah, then um you know, and then I just got back from Africa not too long ago. Yeah. What was that? That was a guard trip? Yeah, it was another guard trip. Guards, guard, guards have sent me a lot of fun places. I've been to South America a couple times, Suriname, beautiful place. Went down there, fic- building schools. I've been to, I was in Africa for almost a year, so I, we did that. We were uh, down there in Africa, in the Horn of Africa, in Djibouti, in Djibouti. Mm, Djibouti. So there's, there's like, so it's Djibouti is the mm. city, is is this is the country, and then you're in Djibouti city, the city of Djibouti. There's also an air base not too far away called Shabeli. And that, I guess the pastime there because there really isn't much else to do because you're there like just monitoring like things and it's it's really like it's like a stand to post like you're just there like kind of monitoring in case something really goes wrong in in the continent of Africa yeah and uh, a lot of the lower enlisted don't have a lot to, enough to do and so they'll <laughs> they'll make T-shirts and they'll sell them all the time like that was like a side hustle for lots of guys was, like buying really? making these T-shirts somebody made a T-shirt that said I'm so far in Djibouti I'm in Shabeli. And I wanted one so bad, but like they, they put the kibosh and sold them really quick. Oh, I want one. Yeah, and I'm it had, so far and it had, a, and it had an airplane. I'm in <laughs> and an airplane on it. It was like I'm so beef in Djibouti. I'm in Shabeli. And it's just like that is, that is great. <laughs> God, that's you give you give younger soldiers free time. Oh, they're God. the smartest people on earth. Or the dumbest, one of the two. And there's alcohol there. You should go to Djibouti. You should deploy. You should deploy. You should enlist and deploy to Djibouti, Africa. I, it there's, turns out I'm too old to enlist. There's four bars on that camp. Did you know that? Really? Four bars. There's uh, the one for the lower enlisted, one for the senior officers, one for the senior enlisted, and one for the regular officers. Four bars. Wow. Yeah. Tell you how that works. You're only supposed to. You only. You only can get two drinks a day, though. Oh, really? Yeah, really. Mm, how does that actually go down? <laughs> You're only supposed to get two drinks a day. But how does it actually go down? There's a lot more drinking going on. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a lot of drinking. Only two? Really? Yeah. It's a Navy thing. It's a Navy post, though. Oh. So that's how they get away with it, because it's like a Navy customs and courtesies thing. Like, they're they're, it's part of their heritage. So that's how they get away with it. If it was an army post, like I keep talking, like they're gonna they're gonna change this place over to army. I go, yeah. Then this place is gonna be a place that just hands out P- PT belts and fucking you're gonna do come here and do safety training on the weekends. And you want to have fun? Not today. Yeah. No. <laughs> so okay, so you're you, you're gonna get out of the army guard? Yeah, so I'm gonna. You have your 20 years in. I have 21 years in. 21. Okay. I have 21 years in, and I'm gonna get out here in another year and like nine months. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my letter in and retire. Yeah. 
which I mean, I don't know if people know this, and I didn't even know it until uh, Dad passed away and found out. Like he has a separate retirement from the Air Guard, like the weekend Air Guard. Yeah, not just because he was full time Air Guard, which is it's basically a civilian job that wears an Air Guard uniform mm-hmm. during the week. But then on the weekend, it was like regular Air Guard, like you were Army Guard. Yeah. So when I um, since I've served twenty years, I'll get a retirement. Um, and every, you know, you just keep going up cause I've served 21 now. And then, um, they did a thing retroactively after nine 11. So like, I think in 2008, it happened. So they said for every like day you serve on active duty, we'll take a day off your retirement. So like you can usually draw your guard retirement at 60. All right. Since I've been deployed and done so much active time, I can get my guard retirement at 57. Oh, wow. So at 57, I can You were serve- on active duty for three years? All together with schools and stuff like that, oh, oh. but that doesn't even include my active, uh, my 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 Iraq time, because they weren't going to allow they that, they did it all after the surge because they're like we can't do this before the surge because the guys will just be getting oh yeah you know, so many guys so yeah we did they did it after the surge and stuff like that so I think it's like 2008 it's it's somewhere around there, but um that's where they retroactively did it to, so I can retire in when I'm 57 well I can I can gate I can. Get reti- draw retirement. draw retirement at fifty seven. Okay. So I will start drawing my retirement at fifty seven, and then uh, yeah, I'm in the guard right now, and um, you know my views here do not reflect them of the South Dakota Army National Guard or anything like that. But you know I I've always loved being in the guard, and it's uh, it's afforded me great things in my life. It's given me you know the house I live in. It's uh, it's you know given the health care that you know for my kids. You know I got two beautiful daughters that I've got. I haven't paid a dime for for having them born or anything like that. Their births were free through Tricare. Yeah. So like, I mean, I mean, I run into guys all the time. We're getting out. I'm getting out. I'm getting out. Like, I, I'm getting out. Yes, I'm getting out. And I, you know, people blast houses shouldn't throw bricks. But you know, I've done 21 years. I'm yeah. reti- I'm not getting out. I'm retiring. Uh, my buddy Ben uh, reenlisted one last time and didn't tell his wife, so he was <laughs> in another three years or whatever in the Army Guard, and. She was not real pleased about it, but at the same time, he's like, I, I don't recall if he said this, but I have a feeling like, well, yeah, but the health insurance is oh, so good, you know, like, and he's, he's like, he's an accountant, like he's a numbers guy. So he's like, well, then we don't have to pay for it, you know. It's like 200 bucks a month for the whole family, no matter how many kids you have. Yeah. So like, you know, like. I I, you know, I don't besmirch people who get out. Don't get me wrong. Like, I if you want to get out, get out. Yeah, that's your thing. That's your prerogative. That's your decision. But like. It offers you a lot of great things, and the healthcare is really great. But um, you know, like, you know, like, you run into people like, "Why are we getting out?" Like, are you sure? Are you sure you want to get out? Like, have you looked at healthcare prices? Like, yeah. Like healthcare is like the number one reason I think a lot of people stay in. Well, yeah. hell, my, we just got healthcare back. Uh, what day is it? It's the fifth. We got it back five days ago because my wife switched jobs. So we. You didn't have healthcare for a while. Well, for like a month. That's terrifying. A month and a half. I. Yeah, yeah, it was. Do you just like make your kids just sit in the house and well, look at a wall? And I have a daughter who's a gymnast. <laughs> Chop up their food really small. Like, oh. You just feed them jello. The, Don't choke. <laughs> uh, here's okay. Of all the things that would be dumb to do while we're in the interim, like we're we're out of the interim now. Of all the stupid things I thought to do was uh I'm gonna cut this piece of tape with my pocket knife and towards yourself. And uh, yeah, and it landed right on the tip of my other finger of the thing I was like, hold, I was, it was a piece of electrical tape. And 
and bam, I nailed it. Luckily, my pocket knife was dull as shit. So it, I mean, it still cut me, but it wasn't bad. It yeah. was just more, I think it was almost more of an impact wound than a than an actual slice or cut. And I'm just like, fuck. And I, am I going to get this stitch? I'm not gonna get the stitch. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna tape the shit out of this, and this is I'm gonna use that electrical tape and tape it up, and it's gonna be fine. So 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 going back to how stupid I was and how stupid like young guys are when they join the military. So I was in the military, I think, for eight to ten years before I even had Tricare. Uh, see, I would have just thought it's just sort of automatic. No, so in the guard, it, you you have to enroll in it, and it's it's like you just you, have to do some paperwork. And it's like when you're single, it's like seventy bucks a month, and like I was so stupid, I was like. Well, why don't you have Tricare? Well, why do I need Tricare? I'll just go to the ER. Well, because it's cheaper. Like, yeah, but I don't need health insurance. I'm 20. Like, that's when you're young, you're so stupid, and it's just like, just get Tricare. Well, I don't want to. Well, why not? Because it's expensive. Yeah, so is getting hurt. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna get hurt. Look at me, 20 some odd years old. Yeah, I'm bulletproof. I'm invincible. I, nothing, I can't. I cannot. I be, have body armor and a 50 cal. I what can't do I be need? Stopped. What do I need Tricare? So for? yeah, like yeah, I don't think I had Tricare. For like the first half of my guard career, so I'm just like, just being stupid, you know. Like that's the thing is like you're so young, you're so dumb. And it's just like, oh yeah, try care. Why would I sign up for that? Yeah. Why would I go to the dentist? My my, my wife makes me go to the dentist. Now. Oh dude, I didn't go to the dentist for a long time. It's, I think it's a wife until I got married. Yep. Yeah. After I got married, my wife's like, you're going to the dentist, and I planned you an eye doctor. And she makes me go to the eye doctor now, and this is like, well, I did that on my own because I like clear vision so yeah so the thing is like she's like you got to go to the eye doctor i go why she goes so they can check your eyes i go my eyes are fine how do you know because i look through them every day <laughs> that is one thing like i could tell there was a problem that's yeah. why i went I, you know i, I didn't I, just go because like maybe there's something wrong <laughs> no like I, I couldn't read the temperature on the weather channel in the studio anymore that's when i went to the eye doctor my eyes are crystal clear like my eye still have, oh god i've got good eyes even up close oh yeah Really? Oh, yeah, I got good eyes. Like that's Actually, same thing with my dad though. My dad, he's like sixty now. He's got great eyes. He has to use readers now, but he just started doing readers like four or five years ago. My near vision is actually not bad. You have without, bifocals. I have. I just noticed that. Yeah, I have bifocals. If I if I don't have my glasses on, like my near vision's fine, but I have astigmatism uh-huh. pretty bad. So, and the correction, I'm very nearsighted and very astigmatic, if that's a word. So prophylactically, prophylactically, yes. Um, I can't see shit out at distance, and so that prescription causes me to not be like my hand is liquid right now, looking through the top, and I look through the bottom, and now it's crystal clear. The reason I have the obvious bifocals instead of the progressives is because the progressives are like looking through a kaleidoscope while you're dropping acid. It you can't see. It's never, like never, where, never did acid. Where, so I... where, neither did I. But like I'm trying to figure out where the fuck am i looking like i got th- back when i was doing radio i had three computer screens i'm looking at they're all at different distances and i'm gonna figure out where my headed position is supposed to be to like look through these dumb things because i didn't realize i thought it was just like the top most of it was like the normal vision and then as you go down it gets progressively you know more zoomed in more magnification that's not how it works it like starts at the top and then it's like progressively going all the way down huh. and so don't get glasses. Just don't. Skip don't? It. Okay, I just, won't. I won't. Just don't get old. Don't get glasses. I'm not going to get fine. glasses. I'm not going to get a vasectomy. You'll be fine. Not doing that. Well, I I didn't have to. Oh, well, you have two kids, huh? I have three. Three. No, but my uh, my wife had cancer and oh, chemo, that's right. Yeah. Chemo put her into menopause early, so no snipping for this guy. <laughs> I don't know. 
not react to that. Oh, hey. I don't know if I should be happy or not. I didn't. I don't have to get snipped. There's that, I, I guess. Mean, it's saving us a little money, and that's like one thing where she's. I mean, she's Dutch. She's all about that saving money stuff. You know, it's like the Dutch. We won't have to get a vasectomy. You know, I, there's two things in this world I can't handle: it's people who are intolerant of other people's <laughs> cultures and, and the, the Dutch. Dutch. Uh, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Some people just want to watch the world burn. Oh, man. I I saw a video of him on YouTube randomly, of him talking about. I was in this awful movie, Jaws the Four, or the Revenge, or whatever it was. Have you ever seen Jaws of the Revenge? No, but I've seen Human Human Centipede, all three of them. It's like one count? of it's one of the most awful movies I can't help but watch and kind of like. You ever seen Human Centipede 3? No. Oh, man. Have you ever seen Human Centipede 2? <laughs> I haven't seen any Human Centipede <laughs> movie. It is horrific. <laughs> it is horrific. I'm not going to give away the ending for you, but there's so a lot of, there's a lot of say, mouths on buttholes. <laughs> would you say that's your favorite bad movie? My favorite bad movie? Oh, God. I got a lot of... My favorite bad movie. So, I, I have would a have a couple favorites. Oh god, I love I love eighties action schlock. Uh huh. So I would either go. My favorite two bad movies would either be They Live or Big Trouble in Little China. Big Trouble in Little China. I've seen. It's been a long time. Such a good fucking movie, dude. Jack Burton. You know, it's all in the reflexes. You know, my ex wife always says. You know, like, like, checks in the mail. You look him in the eye, Jack, and he says, "You paid your dues." Have I paid my dues? It checks in the mail. <laughs> Jack Burton, dude. Uh, the uh, one of my favorite movies that I just I find it cheesy. I find it awful, and I I will watch it every time. I even own it. Is Pearl Harbor? I've never seen that. It's so it's it's like Titanic in World War Two. It's we're gonna have a love story. We're gonna set it up for an hour and a half. And then the actual, you know, historical part kind of sort of happens. Your idea of a bad movie, my idea of a bad movie, um, are two different things. No, no, I like some bad ones, though. Um, uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh, that's a good one. How about Buckaroo Bonsai? Class- Never across- seen it. Oh, that is a classic Jeff Goldblum movie. I think you are well ahead of me in the bad movie department. Oh, you spend a lot of time on deployment. You watch a lot of shit movies. I tell you it's, it's there. You ever seen Caddyshack 2? That's yes. all they had. They have to, that's, that's terrible. That's all they had at the PX one day. We bought it. We had to watch it. I was like, oh, what are we going to watch? Well, we bought Caddyshack 2. No, I saw that. When I was a kid, I was very tolerant of bad movies. I would watch anything. So when we're in, we're in Iraq, um, this is, like I said, 0405. You'd be hard pressed to find somebody with a laptop. You every couple guys had one. Like you'd see a guy. Oh God, that guy's got a laptop. My buddy had a laptop, and uh, in the tent, and another guy wanted to borrow it to burn discs, to burn songs. So he took all of his like CDs that people had, and he'd, he'd upload them onto the computer, and then rip them because you could just rip them then. Yeah. And he ripped them and he put them on disc. He ended up he was there for like a day and a half. He burnt the guy's computer up. He burnt the disc drive up. He burnt somebody's disc. The guy was pissed. Made him buy him another computer. The same guy who was burning the discs at the time, you used to be able to just buy Androstein in the mail. Do you know what Androstein? Oh Andros- yeah, I bought it. Yeah, you could just Androstein buy- Dion. Yeah, yeah, and he uh, he he was that was just the shit Mark McGuire was. Taking. Yeah, he was he was you know in an intense roid rage, and he he would just take it and not work out. And it was the funniest thing ever. Like, you got to work out. No, I don't. And then he, he got all mad when the guy wanted him to make buy him a new laptop. And the guy just picked him up and threw him on the ground. Like, shut up. Because you know, the guy who, who he, a laptop he burned up, he worked out all the time. And he was ripped. And it's just like, <laughs> you're an idiot. But um, 
What was I getting at? What was I going with? Uh, oh, so no, movies. so no, like you'd be hard pressed to find somebody with a laptop, but everybody had those little personal DVD players. Oh yeah. So I had one. Everybody had one. And um, you drive, like I said, you drive down the road on the way to Tulil, and they'd sell everything. On top of that, they'd sell bootleg DVDs and bootleg porno on discs. Oh. So, but the bootleg porno on discs, it just would say it would just have triple X on the disc. So you don't know what it is. I have no idea. You have no, it was a it's a grab brag. It's it's uh you know it's but what's behind door I number mean, three? Are you are you really being particular <laughs> when it comes to that? Let me get to that. Okay. So you pop a disc and it's like, oh hey, French lesbians, cool. This is mm-hmm. pretty sweet. Every once in a while you pop one in, it'd be it'd be bestiality or it'd oh. be it'd be guys and oh. be like, this isn't what I was looking. That's but not what I wanted. The worst thing is, is you know who's on the side of the road selling it? Kids. Oh God, really, <laughs> Mister? Do you want freaky, freaky? Oh God! Like, like, like ten-year-old little boys. Like, yeah, I want your disc for a buck, there, bud. Like, he's just selling these discs. I don't know where they're burning them at. Like, they're just coming out of these marshes. In, Jeez. And they got these discs, and like, you're just trading them around and stuff like that. So everybody's got these discs of porno and stuff. And they're watching on these little personal DVD players. Because you can't buy porno at the at the PX. They won't sell porno there. Mm-hmm. They'll sell like Stuff Magazine, Maxim. Stuff like that. That's oh. as close as it would get. Dude, you mean like a, a like a good Anna Cornacoba and a Maxim magazine, a rip it, and a tower guard shift. You got yourself like <laughs> a, maybe maybe a beef teriyaki MRE. You got your night made. Oh man. Oh maybe maybe even uh you know uh uh the one the the stuff magazine with Christine Aguilera when she did the dirty song. Oh yeah. She's in that bikini and her mm-hmm. butt's hanging out of the water. Yeah, man, those are those are hot items back in the day. I tell you what, those are a lot. Those are those are what dreams are made of, dreams and war crimes. Those are what those are made of. But you take those and um, but yeah, like you got those DVD players and you're like, you know, you're watching your porno and stuff like that, or you get some Polaroid that you're like your girlfriend sent you or somebody sends you through the mail or something like that, and you got that, and then you only then before we left, we're in Fort Sill and Jeremy didn't cover this, but we're in Fort Sill, Oklahoma. And in Fort Sill, Oklahoma, there's a place called Christie's Toy Box. And anybody who's listened to this who's ever been to Christie's Toy Box know what I'm talking about. Christie's Toy Box is an adult store. Uh-huh. They sell marital aids there. Uh-huh. For men, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so, like, every almost every guy goes down. Marital aids for men. <laughs> every guy almost goes to Christie's Toy Box where we leave because we didn't know when we were getting back. Our order said not to exceed 528 days. So we got there and they didn't like, well, we're leaving on this day. Like, like we'd have a meeting like every month. We'd be like, when are we leaving? You just hear somebody in the back, when are we leaving? We don't know. Like, it just be like, yeah. don't ask when we're leaving. We don't know yet. And you're like, so <laughs> you just do that. And then, uh, you know, and then you get these guys, you buy these, buy these, you know, these pocket pussies to Chrissy's toy box. And uh, <laughs> we are, um, shortly before we leave, we're living in these bunkers up by, up by uh, up by Fallujah, we're living in these ammo bunkers, and we get these, we get these black boxes. We loaded these black boxes on a ship <laughs> months ago. We hadn't seen them. Like we didn't think we didn't think they were ever coming. They like they're like put your stuff. Wait. Oh, the stuff you had at Fort Sill. Like stuff they're like. Well, the stuff you're not going to need right away is like guys like put, like civilian clothes and some people like, get, like pulling out jeans and t-shirts. Like, yeah. The fuck I'm gonna wear this at? Yeah. And then you got like guys like put like laundry detergent in it because we didn't know we had stuff to wash clothes and stuff but then these guys are pulling all these pocket books <laughs> like oh i could have used this and 10 months ago and well one guy pulls one out of a black box 
and it's a, <laughs> I mean, the biggest bottle of lube you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> Pulls that up. They're both in their vlog baggies, and they're both pristine. And he's like, well, I guess I'll get rid of this, because we're just packing to get ready to go. We're getting ready to go home. Oh, you didn't get them until you're about ready to yeah, leave? that's the thing. Oh, jeez. Like, like, this has been like a year almost, if not if not a year. Like, jeez, I could use this a while ago, and <laughs> just stuff like that. Oh, God. And um, you, uh, he's like, well, I guess I'll get rid of this. And then look at him, too, and goes, looks at him and goes, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> so he goes, I'm going to throw it away. You're just going to throw it away? <laughs> yeah. Like, well, can give I? Me 20 bucks for it. He didn't even do that. He <laughs> goes, can I have it? He goes, sure, I guess. He looks at him and goes, you know, I've used it, right? He goes, yeah, but you washed it, right? I mean, yeah, I washed it. So the guy takes it. This used pocket pussy. God. And so this guy was on tower guard prior to me. The shift prior to me. We were doing tower guard that day. And we we're in these bunkers. And I look at the guy on tower guard. And I go, I gotta, I gotta take a shit. So you go down in this bunker and you go, t- you go to take, you find a spot on the wall and you take shit because there wasn't bathrooms or anything. Find a spot on the wall. You just kind of leave against the wall and shit on the ground. Oh, okay, yeah. And bury it. I've done that hunting. Yeah, yeah, it's like that. So I'm walking down. So this pocket pussy this guy bought, it's got all these, all these pearls in it for like sensation along <laughs> it. And I'm walking down into this bunker. And I'm just like walking. All of a sudden, I'm like, where's that jar? Where's that bottle of lube? The whole bottle of lube. Empty. Crushed. What? I'm not lying. I am not lying. I'm talking like the size of that Yeti tumbler up there. That's how big. <laughs> Empty. Like somebody stepped on it and squirted it everywhere. And uh, and then I'm walking along, and then I see one of those string of the pearl, strings of pearls on the ground. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, and then I'm walking, and I see another. It. So I'm walking along, I see another string of pearls. Was he dead? What the fuck's going on? And then I turn the corner, and there lies this pocket pussy. Looked like a scene from CSI or fucking, <laughs> fucking SVU, leaned up in a corner. Just sad. Just beaten. <laughs> just killed it. Just beat it to death, man. In a day. A day. It was... It was just one guy. One fuck. <laughs> hope so. There's only two guys out there. And if you're listening, if you're listening to this podcast, you know who you are. I'm not gonna out you. But yeah, just just beat it to pieces, man. Just like leaned up, like leaned up against the wall, like if it, if it could hold a cigarette and had a mouth, it would have one in there. Like man, you should have seen. Like you should have seen the things that I don't want to know the things that thing's seen. Like it's like. No. No, it, no. It has a thousand. It had a thousand yard stare like a guy in Vietnam. <laughs> oh, you're you're here. You just got back from the world. Uh, you know what it's like out there in the shit. He's oh talking to me like an old vet. You don't know what it's like. You don't know. You've ever been. <laughs> you haven't been. You haven't seen the things I've seen, man. This pocket was just leaned against the corner. Uh, oh God. Well. I would love to continue. I've got more, so we can we can I just know. We're, we gotta schedule another one because this was fun. Um, it's also easy for me when I just pretty much like sit down and go so, and then I pretty yeah. much shut up for two I'm hours. Sh- I'm sure this will this won't come back and bite me in the ass. No, I'm sure I'm sure not. But um, no, dude, it's good to see you. I haven't seen you forever. No, no. And, so um, I I know I heard the commercials real quick uh, on the podcast I've listened to is 
So uh, your website is SufallShooting.com. Sufallshooting.com. Is that is that your main gig now these days? Well, it's sort of. Yeah, I mean, yes. Good. Um, Congratulations. But uh, it doesn't exactly do it all. But it's um, no, I, I mean, I started driving bus because. I had lots of free time, you know, because I can't teach class every day of the week. Yeah. And so um, between the two, yeah, it's 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 perfect. Good it's for you. very flexible and I got a CDL and can drive giant buses and I'm, Scream at kids. I'm not one of those. Oh, God, they were bad today. I bet they're horrible. The, it's the elementary kids that are a pain in the ass. The middle school kids, for the most part, I mean, I haven't had anybody like try to stab me with a pencil or anything yet. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, the kids on my bus, my middle school bus, are pretty chill. The elementary kids, oh, they're just—they're not bad. They're just loud. Are they back there Minecrafting. It's it was no, Roblox. No, what they, is all that? I mean, about? No, like two kids have a phone on the whole bus. Oh well, that's impressive. Middle school, they all have one. Yeah. So they're, just they're pretty up. much just like, uh, like there's a, hey, just there's a bunch of gamer nerds that sit right behind me. You see this TikTok? It's pretty cool. They're talking about their Pokemon cards and stuff like that, and. And then, like, the very back is all the eighth graders, and they're, you know, basically on the on the verge of high school. It's it's so weird seeing how – because, like, I went to a middle school that was fifth through eighth. Yeah. And so when it's sixth through eighth, it's almost stranger because the sixth graders, like, they just got out of elementary school. Mm-hmm. And then they're with kids that are only two years older, but they're, like, almost in high school. Yeah. You know? It's – it's almost I don't know. It it's strange to me that that's how they do it. You ever stop before you get on the bus and go, "That Veronica Vaughn, she's one fine piece of oh, ice." Oh yeah, no. I would know. I I I have not. No, <laughs> have not. I'll turn this bus around. I'll enter. But damn field trip, real I, quick. <laughs> I there have been there have been times where I ha- I don't I don't yell because I have I have a PA. Oh Jesus! I have. The funny thing is, though, some people confuse the microphones because they're the same shape, and they'll like they'll yell on the radio, thinking they're yelling at kids, and they're yelling on the radio. Who'd eat thirty school lunches? I bet you it was that damn Sasquatch. Oh yeah, it was. But no, uh, thanks for doing this. It of was course. a blast. We got to do another one because. Um, um, can I make a real quick public service announcement? Yes. Yeah, uh, people in the city of Sioux Falls use garbage bags. All right, it's it's a city ordinance. Your garbage man will love you if you do. Please use garbage bags. All right. Nobody wants to see your trash. Um, and by the way, we all know what kind of weirdos you are. We see your trash. What do you mean use garbage bags? A lot of people don't use garbage bags. They'll just throw trash in their garbage can. Oh, you mean the ones yeah. like, that it's you pick garbage up bag. and throw in the... Yeah. Oh, use gotcha. garbage bags. All right, please. I don't want to look at your kids' dirty diapers open up. Well, I don't have any dirty... Di- I, I mean... I, you use garbage bags? Most of it, yes. Yeah, that's fine. Some people don't use them at all. But... So I do also throw things in there that are not in a bag. That's fine, but like I've I've gone to predominantly there's bags though. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we all know what kind of weirdos you are. And a giant dildo tumbling out of a plastic trash can makes a very distinctive noise, so we know what they are. So we all know what kind of weirdos. What's the weirdest thing you've seen? Ginormous butt plug. <laughs> Ginormous. That or a that or a decapitated sex doll shoved into a. A kitchen garbage bag, a g- kitchen uh, garbage can, legs up in the air like this, no head. <laughs> that had to be intentional. I have a video of it on my I phone. I'll show you hope, after this. Oh God, I hope it was intentional. I hope, I hope, I hope. Well, thanks for doing the podcast, Andy Hanson, everybody. Thanks for being on.